Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League, a very strange episode of Hotline League this week because we had LCS start, and then we had some really not great news come out today. Uh, so we'll be talking about both of those things on the show. But first off, let me introduce my co-host, Cubby. Cubby, how's how's it going? Uh, good. I Let's see. We had LCS and, of course, Challengers this week. Uh, so I've, I've gone over all the games, but I think one Challenger series. And then Champs Q's back, which is kind of fun. I, I don't know if you plan on playing the new patch early at all, Palafox, over the next couple of days, because I know that you guys will be on it this upcoming week. Um, but I don't know. It's just good to have a week back. And I think that uh, minus a few long pauses, it was a good week one for LCS. Um, yeah, a couple surprises, but I think it's all good. Yeah, I know there were some technical issues, so I'm sure we can talk about that as well. Uh, but our guest for this evening is none other than NRG mid laner Palafox. Palafox, how are you? Um, doing good. Uh, this weekend went one one, so that kind of honestly it went it went okay, kind of as expected. Um, and I mean, honestly, the the crowd was super nice. Like the crowd was was really good this time around. It was actually like quite fun to play. You say quite expected, but when Cubby released his his power rankings last week, there were a lot of comments that were saying, I can't believe NRG is so disrespected. Once again, they can never get any respect. They're going to go 2-0 this weekend and prove all of these people wrong. Uh, but you say the 1-1 one one was expected. Uh, I think that, like, I just, um, I don't know. I was just hoping for more of like a hard fought battle with C9, but I think that we had some like communication and coordination issues, but you know, it's the beginning of the split, uh, kind of have a new support. So that's like, that's a little bit different for us. I, it's not only just having a new support. It's the fact that we took a long break as well, like all of us. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just expect that to get better for us as the split goes on. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure things are just just warming up. I mean, I think we saw probably a lot of mistakes and weird stuff going on on from all aspects of the LCS this past weekend yeah. uh, that yep. we would not expect to see, you know, in three or so weeks. So I'm sure everyone will be just getting into it. Of course, this show is brought to you by Alienware. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the episode. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about what's happened in the last three days. So we obviously had LCS start and we will have a lot of calls. That'll be, I assume the majority of the focus for this evening will be LCS people's hot takes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there's conversations we had around the viewership, which I, I think that, and I'm not saying this is my opinion, but I do think that the weekday fans or the people who believed in weekdays might feel a little vindicated by the fact that viewership is down uh, from LCS spring split uh, when the opening weekend where it was on the weekdays. I think there's a lot of different factors for that. Obviously the league is two teams shorter and all that stuff, but uh, you know, despite some positive energy and hopefully viewership increases, I think that uh, it is unfortunate that we did not see like a big explosion um, year over year, obviously way up from summer, but that is often how spring is almost always ahead of yeah. summer. So, yeah. Um, 
And then the unfortunate news today is that there were 11%, 11% of Riot got laid off today. And, or, or I guess I should say they're going to, and depending on the region that you are in, they can't do it all at once or whatever. But uh, it's really unfortunate because there are a lot of people that are really great that are over there. I saw some misinformation or mis- misunderstandings in the Twitch chat earlier around people who thought that these were mostly focused on Legend of Runeterra and uh, the Riot Forge stuff, which I think were probably pretty strongly targeted. But there's a Reddit thread up on the subreddit right now that's just got a big list of a whole bunch of people who have announced that they have been let go. And I'll tell you all that I know several people on this list, uh, including people that worked directly on the LCS every week or on esports in general. And I think it is the, the one thing I want to say before we get into the show, before we get into calls on this topic is I know that the league community often likes to be a little edgy. You know, we oftentimes get frustrated with riot as a whole. I get frustrated with riot as a whole all the time. And I'm very critical of them as a company, but I think it's important to realize that, it was not like Riot that is getting owned today or anything like that. You know, it is it is Riot, in my opinion, failing these really talented people who should still have jobs. And I think for anybody who's around the scene uh, for as long as I have, have been, you hear all the time about projects where you're like, wow, that just sounds like such a fucking waste of money. Why are they spending money on this? Why is their plan to do this? And oftentimes that stuff is a decision made on the leadership side that doesn't pan out. And then the people who usually pay the price for that type of thing are not the people who made the decisions, but oftentimes the people who are saying the same thing as all of us, which is, wow, they should not be wasting money on this. They should not be doing this or whatever. And, um, and so I just want to make sure that we're all being really respectful of the people who have lost their positions at the company today. Uh, you know, this is not like a, a moment to rag on them or to be like, aha, yeah, you know, they nerfed my champion. And so now this is like they, their game is dog shit now. And this is what's happening. Haha, ha, they're losing money. Like this is not what is the case uh, today. So. Uh, anyway, let's just be respectful as we go through the show. And uh, as you p- see people online, you know, putting out well wishes or announcing that they're gone, please be supportive of those folks because I can tell you, looking at this list, I, I personally know of many of them being really talented individuals who uh, I would work with in a heartbeat. So uh, let's just keep that in mind as we go through the show and then hopefully on social media and everywhere else over the next couple of days and weeks. All right. All that being said, I do want to talk to Palafox a little bit before we get into calls. Uh, yeah. Cub- Cubby and I, we can we can dive in here. Uh, Cubby, I, I've just monologued for a little bit, so I don't know if you have any questions for Palafox about his opening week. No, I, I actually do. Like, So I, I've talked with you about this like briefly, Palafox, but um, I think one of the cooler stories actually last summer was I remember a tweet you put out after the first round Robin saying like, hey guys, like we're not where we want to be in the standings. Like it's kind of on me. I'm going to be better for the second one. 
And I think that by the end of playoffs and like that second round Robin, you ended up being one of, if not the strongest mid laners that we had like in playoffs. It was great. I, I always love a good growth arc. A, when people accept responsibility yeah. and then B, when they do something with it, you know? Um, and you've also like kind of been open about talking about like your mindset. Like, I know in the past, like public, you've said like, you know, dating someone help with your communication. Um, like, do you have like any like kind of big picture? Like, hey, like this is kind of like where my head's at for this split. Like anything that like you're really working on or like anything like from, you know, going international and like having that experience, you know, coming back to NA, like that you feel like it like really kind of helped you and the teammates kind of for this year with where your head's at. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> okay, this kind of leads back into like, uh, when T1 faced DRX in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the final scrims leading up to the T1 DRX series, um, like the finals, we obviously we assembled like two NA teams. One of them played DRX, one of them played T1. I was on the team that played against T1. Um, and just from the just from those scrims alone, like I hadn't played in like two months, uh, <laughs> and the games were still pretty competitive. And I was like, damn, you know, like I felt a lot of motivation uh, after that. And I was like, I can kind of see. NA potentially like going far in worlds and like winning worlds eventually. Um, and I know like to a lot of people, it kind of seems like a pipe dream. Uh, you know, when you look at like, like some of the Korean or like Chinese players, right. But a lot of it is just what I learned at worlds is that some of the competition that you face here won't really elevate you to the level of worlds. But what you can do is put yourself in a position to be able to elevate yourself in a short amount of time. Um, and what that looks like for me is putting in more like dedicated practice towards solo queue, um, kind of putting more practice in or more intention in scrims a bit more. Uh, and I guess trying to like I said, I think communication was one of the things I was lacking a lot um, as a player previously. I think just putting more effort into that and making sure that um, me and my teammates like were on the same page and were able to actually like talk out our issues instead of like, you know, holding a resentment. Mm -hmm. I think like those are like the most important things. Yeah, I no, I I don't know. I always think like at least like with this game, you know, a lot of it's like making sure you're ready to perform when it matters, right? And, like, that's a big process. So, I like, you've always had, like, interesting takes about, like, how to go about that because, like, there's a lot of things that goes into that. So, yeah, yeah I definitely I, I appreciate the fact that, like, you know, you've talked about that, but also, like, keep on learning because I know going international, like, I'm sure that's a different beast, uh, like, being over there. It's super fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, when I went, I mean, my mindset going in was, like, I know I'm going to get uh, blasted, but uh, yeah, it's kind of fun, you know? Like You're like, damn, it's it so much worse. I, our first scrims against Weibo, I got absolutely smashed, and then by the end, it wasn't like... It was a lot more competitive. And against a lot of the other Chinese teams, it was pretty competitive as well. I, I had that meme ready for like if Weibo like, won finals, like Energy called it. <laughs> so you guys ranked them like top five, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. I honestly thought Zhaihu was like by far the hardest mid to play against it at the tournament but you know <laughs> those are just yeah. scrims so yeah i yeah i guess maybe we can focus a little bit on this past weekend too mm -hmm. what 
what was a good thing that you enjoyed this weekend, Pal Fox? Maybe about the changes or something. I know I did an interview with you, um, but I just just to make sure that this start of the show is not all negative stuff after <laughs> an exciting opening weekend. What was some of the fun that you had this weekend? Um, I guess it was just getting back into the studio and actually playing. Um, obviously scrimming for three weeks beforehand and not really like seeing that is a bit uh it's a little bit frustrating i'm not gonna lie also we didn't really have an off day we were just doing a lot of content <laughs> um mm -hmm. so just being able to go back in the studio actually playing and like the crowd was the crowd was actually super super good this weekend it was uh like right when right when i stepped on stage like a lot of people like shouting my name or shouting like big dokes or um even like there's C9 chance as well. Like I think it's just great for all the players to see that, and it actually gives like a lot more motivation to, like, want to put that effort in, right? Um, and I thought the the turnaround times were were pretty fast for the games as well. Like we at Riot before we usually would like have a super long day there, but it feels like a lot faster, which means that, like I know we have an off day today, um, like players do, but those kind of feel like pretty much you just play that game and then it's like free for the rest of the day instead of it feeling like a whole day ordeal are they taking you guys to do content and stuff like that because i remember that was one of the things that mark talked yeah. about publicly was that like oh we're gonna try to grab the players like day of and stuff for for content yeah i mean i i think you saw it with um i think dokla got pulled for uh something the I think podcast that, right yeah yeah i think he got pulled for that the day of yeah. Um, and that, that seemed like it went super good. It was, it was really interesting to see. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool whenever you can take, uh, three players from different teams and bring them all on the same podcast and, uh, have them all talk to each other. It's an idea that I'm surprised no one has thought about previous to, uh, to that riot show. Anyway, uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about Powell Fox was the issue <laughs> Jack in chat says, yeah, that's never been done in LOL, Travis. Exactly. Uh, a first-time first time thing. I'm very envious of Jet. Uh, I don't know why he only spent 15 minutes doing my old show that I've always wanted to bring back, but I would have spent an hour. I'll tell you Dude, that I, much. Even EU's yoinking it now, too, Travis. You're going worldwide in here. TGI is going big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, but anyway, so I do, I do also want to ask, cause they were talking about it a little bit on that podcast, but also other people were, there was like rumorings behind the, the scenes about it. What the fuck was going on with the like lag and stuff in game? And do you think it's related? I know obviously this is like speculation or whatever, but like, I don't know. Champions queue was just like dead when it wasn't supposed to be during the break. Cause like, I think <laughs> that the tournament realm was having issues then too. And so I'm like, wait, did like this patch have a bunch of issues on tournament realm and then we just rolled it forward into live games or whatever. Like what, I don't know if you could comment on any of that stuff or, or what was going on. I obviously, I don't know the server side specifics about it, but yeah. like, I mean, the only thing I can talk about is like the actual thing that happened in our game, which was sure. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure all of us knew that the game was almost impossible to win. <laughs> um, but what happened was like, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to like bump Jojo with my with my Tleult, and maybe we can get a good fight. And you know, I threw my Tleult, and then people teleported like two flashes to the left, and I was like, oh, like everybody just lagged super hard. Um, and 
Yeah, that kind of happened. I think we just ended up asking for like. If, I don't know. I didn't. I've never really gotten a chrono break on stage before, so I was like, maybe it's fast. It wasn't fast. I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, I mean that kind of that kind of happened. So. Well, they they got to do Q and A with Doublelift, so you know, I, I it was it was fine in the end. Um, also, we do have one of the um, riot refs uh, in chat too. The CQ TR issues didn't have anything to do with the onsite stuff this weekend. I, I can also double on that because he's, he's definitely uh, he's definitely above the level of ref. But yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 But uh, the client was like super slow, so that was like the issue with TR, and they didn't have anyone to work on it over the riot break, so it was like client issues. So this was different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, there's that. I think the other question I had was like, what's the deal with this new Chrono Break thing? Because was it Blabber? Somebody told me that they're doing like a different type of Chrono Break now. I don't know. You'd have to ask uh, Gerg7. I know who that is. I just can't remember it's his name. Yeah, Adler. Yeah, Greg. Oh, Greg, uh, Greg yeah. Adler. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of just what happened. They just told us, they were like, Chrono Break's not working. We're going to try a different Chrono Break. I have no idea what that means as a player, you know? But maybe he would have some more insight on that. Yeah. I I don't know. Okay. Good to know. Um, trying to think if there's anything else before we get into calls. Obviously, we've been uh, jibber-jabbering for a while. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I guess, what do you think of the other teams. I saw some conversation on Reddit where people were like, you know, it just feels like it's less competitive this year. And I guess when I was co contemplating that, I'm like, well, I guess that could make sense because Golden Guardians and <laughs> EG, especially last year, uh, were far more competitive, I think, than like Digger or Immortals or whatever, right? And so we, we have taken away some teams that were often in the, in the top half of the league out. Uh, now, obviously, that's not strictly how this stuff works because those players then theoretically can go to other teams and stuff like that. There's a whole conversation about when this came out versus when players were able to move to these teams and all that stuff. But I am just genuinely curious what you think of the other teams from scrims and what you saw on stage this week and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you want to know my like actual opinion about this is just, if you want a little power ranking, um, not going to include NRG in this, but C9 got better from last year. They're number one. Um, TL got better. I think APA will grow into uh, like a more diverse champion pool. And I think that the changes for them were actually quite good. So I think that they should actually be a bit better of a team. Number two. Um, FlyQuest, I think that they, they have some interesting pieces around them and they're going to play a different style of League of Legends that other teams have not really played in the past. Um, I think that that's just generally going to be a better up, like, that's just going to be better for the league, right? Because if we go international against, like, let's say BDS again, right, and we play against Adam, I think that that'll give us a little bit more practice for that type of style, right? Um, so I think it's actually quite good for the upper upper end of the league. Um, that being said, I think just having three teams that are more competitive than other teams were last split is just a big net positive because, like, at the end of the day, as long as you have someone that like a couple teams that are better to play against, then that's all that really matters, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I do. Oh, I do want to address one thing, which is 
I so it's funny because APA tweeted like, "Oh, it sucks to only play two games and then be done." And I think we some people thought, that. "What's that?" Yeah. We do have a call about that. Oh, Travis. we do. Okay, okay. If yeah. we have a call, thank you. Yeah, you're doing a good job of Look the. This yeah, that is what you you need to be able to do with this role is uh, stop me from blabbing about something that we have a call about. So, uh, yes. good good catch, good catch. I, I even dressed lazier today to like kind of match Mark's vibe. You know, we're we're getting there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm turning my mic down a little bit because people are telling me I'm peaking. So, um, tell me if that is better, everybody. So there's there's like a fine line here. Uh, anyway, uh, Cubby, do you want to go grab our first caller? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Off. Cubby goes, oh, I need to fix that. You should not be hearing Discord noises. I apologize to anybody who thought that they are on Discord and having some sort of issue. Um, so thank you, by the way, to a Boring Mac, Vlogfinity, Bigger Frog, Tom Jack, Shadow Spectre, The Humble Rat, Jammin' TST, and Blue Jay. Thank you to all the Twitch viewers. You all are the best. Um, let's see if I can get the streamer mode turned back on here we go okay now you won't hear noises when people leave or join or whatever uh, thank you to ying for the prime uh, as well palafox here and we've got cubby going off to grab our first caller to come in and talk about the lcs hopefully some good stuff evan thank you for the prime appreciate it and what are you who are you talking to in the twitch chat palafox I'm I'm just talking to everybody, anybody, you know. Oh wow, how generous yeah. of you! How generous. Well, of you. it's fun, you know. Yeah. All right. Hi, our, our first caller is none other than Blue Jay. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Ontario, Canada. How we doing? Good, good. How are you? Good. What do you want to talk uh, about my, on the show? Yeah, my take is that with the LCS being on live patch. Innovation with different champions and unique builds will become way more common, and the player that does it the best should be awarded the Let Em Cook Award. The Let Em Cook Award. Okay, so like we, okay, the the name aside, it sounds like you're arguing for like an Innovator of the Week Award. It doesn't have to be of the week. It could be of the split. I like I like this. Well, why don't you explain or a little bit more if you have any any sort of bullet points for what this thing would look like. I don't think there's much explanation needed. I guess fans like to see different stuff. That's one of the reasons why we're playing on Live Patch. And I think this just makes... Uh, we highlight the people that do it best. And I think, like... I don't know, since we're changing a bunch of stuff anyways, why not try to add little other fun things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like this. I don't know if I like the name Let Him Cook Award. I think uh, it's great. Yeah. It can't be, like, <laughs> boring-ass name, though, okay? Like, if we're going to have fun with it, let's not make it, like you know super official super like you get you get what i'm trying to say what what about like the golden spatula you know related to tft or something yeah I mean, that's I like what the, that. it is the tft hat? award but like you can't yeah there's no golden spatula yeah i don't know what it would be uh there twitch chat is calling out some stuff uh and none of their names are good so they should probably stop May, <laughs> i mean i did i did take that one from chat so that's unfortunate but yeah. uh, someone said make it a divies award for like the dive i think that'd be fun so we can just come up with superlatives and do that I mean, at the, for him here at the know? very least yeah the divies works but i i do yeah. like the idea of it being something that is like awarded on the like what the kia awards or whatever they're doing now i think i think that that would be kind of cool to say like who does everything just did the best job of finding innovative ways because I don't know. Maybe okay, Cubby. You are the sports person. This is a great question for you. 
it feels like in league and in esports in general, because of the, the way that games are, you can have players that are doing more off the wall stuff than in traditional sports. Was that fair? Yeah. Uh, somewhat. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there are yeah. people that do different things in traditional sports, but like, yeah, you're just offered the opportunity way more often in video games. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I like it. Like I think superlatives are fun. So on that train of thought, I'm all in for stuff like this. Like yeah. whether it's a divey or like, Something that's done, like, I love superlatives. Like, they're, it's just a good time, right? Yeah. Like, if you can come up with an award that makes people chuckle, do it. Like, I, I think that'd be a fun broadcast premise, and I think that this is, like, one that, like, they could take this and run with it and, like, have others, and it'd be kind of fun. I also think that could add to a player's brand. Like, there's different ways of branding yourself, but let's say there's one player that's won three Let Them Cook, in a, let them cook Awards in a row. Like, that's something that really helps players a lot push their, um, you know, personality and whatnot. It, It'll just be like a Bwipo versus Insanity contest. I don't know. Do you want to get in this one, Pal Fox? You got anything cooking up right now? On the, yeah, on the I'm curious, patch? Pal Fox. What are the issues from the player perspective with this? Because I feel like all of us will be like, this is cool. And then the players will be like, fucking sucks. I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, it seems like a good award. You know, like, I didn't expect to see a Zach mid this weekend. I didn't expect to see a Riven, even though, like, he plays it a lot. I still really didn't expect it. Um, I didn't expect to see an Olaf. I... I don't know. I, I just think it's like it's pretty interesting to see all these players like pull out new things. It might just like what if it's like one of those things in the back of their mind that they're thinking of and they're like, you know what, just lock me in this random shit this week, you know? Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So you're I don't know. What is if you had to thumbs up or thumbs down it, where would you be? I mean it'd be cool to at least give like a shout out to like the interesting picks at the end of the day you know like maybe that's the best way to do it is like as a weekly thing at first and then if we feel like it it makes sense because like we don't know yet how much innovation is going to be actually hitting like we all love the idea that like the live <laughs> patch is going to roll out and everybody's going to be playing all these crazy things what if like nothing like that happens and so it might be weird to like finalize that before we know finalize it as like an end of split award before we know if it's going to be something that ends up happening I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, an award. Again, like, a shout-out is probably good enough. I mean, imagine pulling, like, Insanity and being like, so why did you want to pick Zach mid today? Yeah. You know, like, why why Zach, right? I think it'd be be pretty cool. It, did you think it was good that game? Were you a fan? Of Zach mid? I was like, holy yeah. shit, I can't believe there there's a Zach mid versus an Oriana, <laughs> but it looked really good until it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the theory of it was decent, but... Yeah. I was talking to Insanity about it, like, when I was going over the game, he's like, I probably should have built Kanic Rooker, because, like, the damage would have been better. Like, he wanted to sit on bombies, like, then build that, and then it would have been more playable, because they had so much max damage on the team. And we, yeah, sh we so. should be clear that, like, because I see some people confused, and I, I think there's been a lot of confusion about this because of the way that it was rolled out. We are not in, like, the live patch zone yet, right? Because, like, all the other leagues have been playing on this patch we like i think was it this coming weekend or the weekend after yes. that we will yeah so this it, coming weekend is the yeah. first time where we will get to see who the mad scientists are in the lcs that will you know faker will be copying uh later on because yeah that's just the way the patch stuff has rolled out so no i i like this take a lot blue jay i think it is i think it is really good and i think it's a great way to kind of embrace the idea of hey you know lcs are innovators or at least we're trying different things first or whatever like i think that kind of fits within the theme of it and uh you know if if the people who i know over there are still working there 
I will definitely suggest this to them because I think that that would be uh, something cool that they could do. So, uh, yeah. Should, anything you want to shout out? Uh, just shout out the LCS. The product was great this weekend. Yeah, the pause sucks. I know, but like the changes are good. I really, really enjoyed the weekend. Um, also, Travis, want to shout out your video with the Zoomer thing? That was hilarious. And I had yes. two buddies of mine, two buddies of mine that don't really normally watch your content. They consume like, well, they consume League. But like normally not a lot of stuff after and they both said that they loved it so i just wanted to shout out that video too nice thank you i need to figure out how to make that video work i'm spending a lot of time this year um, among the many things that i am doing this year to try to like really push myself is also trying to figure out the best ways to make the content that is on my channel pop including like trying different thumbnails after a video feels like it's flopped and that video from a viewership perspective compared to like a surprise test or something has flopped even though the sentiment around it I think it has like some of the highest like to dislike ratio we've seen. Um, and so the people watch it are like, this is amazing, but I'm having a hard time getting people into it. So uh, hopefully, hopefully more people do that, but feel free to share it around folks. Um, as I, as I keep trying different thumbnails and titles until we get it work. Um, yeah. yeah so it's so funny. Twitch, Twitch chat at this moment is the perfect encapsulation. As Cato says, need to post it on Reddit. And then right above them, Jin Axel says, it's because the subreddit deleted the post. So here's here's like a side little tangent since this call was kind of short. One, the subreddit for years and years and years does not allow anything if it does not, if they, if they claim it is not directly related to League of Legends. Um, and that's even like quizzes I have done where I'm like, hey, pro players, guess where these other pro players are from? You know, like that is how far down or how far away they will they will go from it. The other thing is that like the subreddit actually doesn't drive that much traffic anymore. Back in the day, it used to be a tremendous driver of traffic, but I think most people on Reddit now just like go and click on the comments or something. Um, on the other hand, YouTube is super great at driving traffic. So I'm trying to spend a lot of time figuring out how to like make thumbnails and titles that increase click-through rate, make videos that increase retention, which is what a lot of that like Mark letter thing that I did was about. And and try to make it work that way. So that's kind of the YouTube tech I'm working on these days. But yeah, the the League subreddit is, um, yeah, add it to the Cadrill subreddit. Yeah, I mean, somebody can post it there if they want. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Blue Jay, for the call. Uh, and I appreciate the shout out. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Take care. Take care. That Reddit mod policy is crap, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I it's the way it's been forever. Like I, I know the, it's such dude, crap the, the incident a year ago, or maybe it was like six months ago where they, they like threw me under the bus in like a weird kind of malicious way, um, to, to make me look bad that, uh, that kind of killed my desire to like, I just never, I've not interacted with that subreddit since they like banned me for a week and then did this like shady thing. Um, and I just, I, it's sad because I had interacted with that subreddit since 2011. Mm -hmm. um, so 12 years at that point in time. And I was one of the few, it used to be like every pro player, every team owner, all these people would do AMAs and all this content there. And over time, like the subreddit has just become more hostile, both from a community perspective and also from a moderation perspective. And so like, I was just like one of the last holdouts and I've thrown in the, in the, uh, the towel. So. It's yep. okay. We all don't need to rely on the subreddit. It's not, it's not the be all end all. But I mean, I hope it gets fixed. I feel like that's like a lot of the league content I consumed in the past was literally just based off of 
going to league subreddit, looking at content creators. Like this is ten years or like seven years, eight years ago. Um, I would just go on there, look at the content. A lot of it would be about teams, but there was also some like just funny videos, you know. And some of them weren't even really that league related. And now it's kind of just only esports, and it kind of is really stale. I think. Yeah, it's. It's also it's it's really it's only esports and it's also like the most dry part of esports, right? Like a post match thread or something. They a lot of the fun content that I think is made like just never sees it there. And I feel bad for the people who are not folks that like go to a YouTube homepage or look on Twitter or something like that, but that is just um yeah. I I think in in chat Yosuke said or Yosuke said Thankfully, the LO sub has become comparatively less relevant in the space over time. Every time a big story doesn't show up there, it makes the sub less become less valuable as a news aggregator. And that's very true. Um, it's very true, like that they're they're burning that down on their own end. Uh, anyway, we have another caller here. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Greetings. My name is Barris Relius. I'm from New Hampshire. From New Hampshire. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Well, actually, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but it was the tweet that APA recently put out where he said, and I'll quote, um, he said, quote, I played League for 14 plus hours a day for this entire month to only play two LCS games. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm just curious, like, isn't this the way LCS has, uh, everybody's acting as if this is some new revelatory situation, but... I think what since 2017 or 2016 this is just the way maybe maybe 2015 honestly uh this is the way that like this always works is the beginning of January you play a ton and then you go out to LCS for a weekend and you play two games and like pro players have always wanted best of 3s best of 5s best of 7s best of 30s um I guess it would be 31 uh and they like I, I don't know. I just don't think that this is like super interesting to me. But I did see a bunch of people tag me in the replies, and they were like, "Don't let Travis see this tweet." Oh boy, <laughs> Travis is gonna see this, and he's gonna be, he's gonna really disagree with you. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like he's gonna play another couple games next week too. It's it's the way LCS works. I'm not saying that things can never change, but like. It, it just struck me as strange because it does feel like people are like, see, it's now fucked. And I'm like, this is like a tweet that a player has put out every year for the last seven years. I mean, I kind of agree with him only on this year specifically. There's two less teams. We only have 14 games, so you're missing four games. We're not going to be... We're, we have that two-week break or three-week break that we don't play. Yeah. So I feel like this year specifically is going to be very like disappointing in the fact that like you only have so many games to play well in like you really don't have like that much forgiveness for like let's say your team drafts poorly half the games and it's like well that just kind of sucks hope your coaches are better hope that you put in a lot more effort trying to convince your team <laughs> that you so, so the the counter there is or no, I shouldn't say counter I one I agree with you on the giant break the giant break in the middle of the split is fucked, and I don't think people realize how much that is going to like hurt the momentum of the league. I mean, LEC had these giant breaks, and they're just really bad. And in the past, we've had oh, the week off for uh, for for a while. 
Riot really wanted LCS to take the week off that Riot takes off. And I think there was pushback behind the scenes that stopped that from happening. I don't think it happened last year, did it? Was there at the beginning of summer split? I don't think I don't think there was ever a week off in the middle of the summer in the middle of summer split. No, we we had the the like walkout last year. Yeah, so. the walkout I think just pushed it. So maybe that's yeah. what happened. But like for those that don't know, Riot takes the takes a week off around the fourth of July. And in the past, Riot has behind the scenes tried to make it so that LCS didn't happen that week. Um, and I think other leagues have taken it off. And LCS didn't because it's, guess what? It's a bad fucking idea to take a week off in the middle of your split. Uh, this year, they are going to take two weeks off, which feels like three weeks, by the way, because of the way that this works. And yep. I think that's just going to kill so much momentum in the middle of spring. Um, so 100% agree with you there, Pal Fox. I can understand the idea that, uh, you know, it feels bad to go from 18 games to 14 games. The thing is, whenever you say, like, there's just not a lot of, uh, what did you say? There's not a lot of room for margin for error or something like that. I'm pretty sure six of the eight teams still make it <laughs> to the to the top, right? Like, Better in my mind, if over no. 14 games you can't land yourself in the top six uh, and make it into the playoffs where you get all these best of fives, like, I I don't know. It, it that To me, that feels like it shouldn't be especially in a league with some of these teams, I feel like, you know, it, we should, there's a lot of margin and room for error there. Like there is a lot of space there. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of curious to ask you, Pal Fox, like, did you like last split where it was condensed and you got three games a week? Cause I think that's another interesting thing. Like with this take, the fact that it was three games a week, every week last year. It definitely felt like every week mattered a lot more. I think that like, like for me as a player, it's like you can have, if you had one good game and one bad game, that feels like you're just like, eh. And then like, if you have like one bad game, two good games, it feels like actually pretty good, you know? Like, I think that's like. So so you're a best of three fan is what you're saying. I mean, of course, but that's not. <laughs> Find me a pro player who's not a best of three fan and I'll reveal to you that they're a best of five fan. Yeah, that's that's true. Um. I, I will say that the other thing, like given the format changes with some of the other regions, LCS is the last major region left that has um, just best of ones only. So, yeah. I Great. hope that changes in summer. We're also the only region that is uh, suffering as much as we have. Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. There's obviously regions that have gotten merged, but of the of the major regions, um, I don't know. Like, I look. I imagine Riot will eventually do a best of three split for the LCS, if only because sentiment has shifted so much in the past year. And because I think they're just trying everything now to, to throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks from a viewership perspective. I will be shocked if, um, if that actually helps viewership. I mean, I saw people tweeting about an arrow. I think was tweeting like, wow, LCS is so quick now. And I saw a lot of people be like, yeah, this is the first time in a while that like LCS ended and I was sad that there wasn't more LCS to watch. And I think that's a good thing, quite frankly. Um, I don't think you want to be in a position where you are like, well, okay, now there's too much LCS, right? Like <laughs> you want to leave people wanting more. And like, from what I can tell, the, the viewership this weekend did not make me think, wow, you know what we need? 
We need even more games. Um, I think we need more LEC raids, personally. Yeah, I mean, LEC raids, less competition with them, and then perhaps less turnover between our players and our teams year over year. Um, I'm sure we'll get a call, or maybe we'll talk about that later, the viewership stuff. But, like, I... I don't know. I, I, it, like if, if the league does like best of three for summer or best of three next spring or something like that, I am not going to be like, this is such a fucking terrible mistake, but I'm not going to think that it's, I'm not going to be sitting there being like, ah, yes, finally we have best of three and our players will be way better internationally in best of ones. Uh, or, you know, finally we're going to, we got best of threes. Viewership is going to quadruple. Like I just don't, I, I don't think that best of threes are the thing that people should be focusing energy on right now, but it doesn't matter because other personalities, I think, think that it is, and people will listen to them over me, I think. so. Single round robin, best of one. Eliminate the worst team. First seed gets a bye. Best of three to like decide like seeding or whatever, and then best of five is in the way out. That's it. That's what I want. I don't know. Caller, I know that I have you've you've brought in APA's take, and I have, I have, uh, I don't know, shrugged my shoulders at it. Do you have? Do you want to come back with a strong punch? <laughs> well, uh, just in APA's defense, <clears throat> he is pretty new to the league, so he might not know about the uh, the way that it was done in the past. But um, as far as the as what you're saying, I actually agree with you. I, I think if you look at the viewership numbers, it it doesn't really make sense money-wise and in a lot of other ways to add more games. Um, but I do think, I don't know if Palafox has a, has a thought on this, but I do think there is something to be said for getting more experience and taking that to international events. I don't know if that's, if that actually correlates or if that's just something I'm making up, but I'm not sure what you guys think on that. Um, I think a lot of the experience that teams are missing out on is actually like, I think our drafting in North America is really bad. Um, I think that a lot of players get away with having like not like basically not being able to get exposed and like let's say if you have two players on the same team that have like very small champion pools you're pretty much like doomed to fail like if a team finds out that you can just ban like one person out or you can ban two people out that there's no games to play and I think that that's kind of been our biggest issue um Going back to the APA point about like playing 14 hours a day to only play two LCS games. Um, in the past, like I do agree, like or not do agree, but I we only play two games in, on the weekend. I think that he's been streaming a lot more, and I think that that's what a lot of players need to actually start doing to like drive viewership and drive fandom to LCS because it's not only on Riot to push these things; it's also on the players to like put their effort forward, right? I think, you know, JoJo streamed uh, this weekend. Vulcan's been streaming. Um, Wait, did JoJo APA's... actually get a stream going? I know he tried he to stream multiple times, so I didn't know if it actually finally took off. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was it was and... like on a black screen every time I'd go look at it. He was <laughs> clearly learning how to stream while streaming. Sorry, continue. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, I think that, like, the more and more players that start doing this, uh, the better it'll be for the league. And I think that, like, Riot from what I know is trying to incentivize players to actually start streaming a bit more. Um, and I think that teams kind of also need to start doing the same thing. I don't think that teams in the past, like two, three years have even like, they kind of say like, Oh, we'll like help you out a little bit, but it's kind of like fake help. If that makes sense. It's like, 
It's not really yeah. any actual help. Um, so I think that teams just need to start giving like incentives to players. I think that like from the inception of franchising, teams shouldn't have been playing players or players so much without like incentives to stream, you know. And I think that that probably needs to join or like get added to some contracts, you know. Off that, I mean, it has been added to some contracts, like because yeah. obviously contracts went down, right? So I'll I'll be the one to say it. Yeah, like incentives are more popular now in contracts, and streaming is definitely a part of that. Uh, also, I can say that Riot, from their perspective, like someone said in chat, they hosted Yawn uh, instead of Challengers League yesterday. I know that they are going to try and do that a little bit more often. I have mixed feelings on that, but I think it is good and important to build up the LCS player brands. Um, so they are going to take some steps to like try and incentivize these guys to stream more too, which, I mean, I think I think it's only good, right? I think it's streaming's fun. Uh, so if these guys like feel motivated to do it, that's a great way to make more money and kind of utilize like, the power of their platform to do what they can. So yeah. And obviously this is very selfish, but I appreciate, like, I want to, like, we focus a lot on streaming, but I think streaming is only a piece of the puzzle. Like, content is such a huge part of it. It's part of the reason why I really appreciate you coming on here, Pal Fox, even though you hinted that you're hungover from karaoke last night. Um, <laughs> I, I wish more players had that sentiment because I think part of the reason, like, part of the reason State of the League doesn't exist right now this is a reference to an ancient show that i was making earlier chat was in the chat was because like players just stopped wanting to do that type of stuff and they were like eh and, and it makes sense right because they like apa is playing league 14 hours a day and and i i don't want to be dismissive of him in this call even if i'm dismissive of of sort of the tweet um they are playing a lot i understand why asking them to do even more is a lot um but I I think like we look the the biggest issue with the LCS and I and I appreciate I said this in my little letter to Mark thing like they can make the league super fast they can uh, innovate on uh, other types of stuff but like if people don't care about the players I just don't think people are going to watch the league um or at least you won't be able to grow beyond what is here now cuz I do think that the people that are watching now a lot of them are watching just because they're like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll watch LCS. Not because they're like, I want to root for my favorite player. Um, not like the old days, right? Uh, or my favorite team. And so we have to build that stuff back. I think streaming is one part of it, but I also think doing content in general is part of it. And I'm trying to find ways to like get back into creating content with players um, in meaningful ways because I think surprise tests and interviews are cool, but I want to do stuff that's like a little bit more, a little more fun. Um, yeah. yeah so uh, we will see how things go but uh, caller anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller yeah so thanks for having me on I really appreciate it and um, just shout out to Palafox and Energy good luck on uh, your guys uh, success in the uh, this season and uh, also shout out to at Cub in the discord thank you yeah. thank you so much thanks so much for the call catch you Everyone was adding Cub in the Discord instead of Cubby, so this poor person got spammed. Oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty funny. All right, uh, go grab another. All right, shout out to... Hey, over on YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. I know I have a passive-aggressive relationship with you. I'm trying to work on it. Tim O'Brien, thank you for the membership. 504 Caesar, thank you for the buck 99. Tahu, thank you for becoming a member. And uh, Uwu, thank you for the buck. Uh, and then over on Twitch, thank you to Auto Polices dies constantly. The the Fjord, Sh Showtime Tank Dumpster, Evan Pogchamp, 
to Ying, Numi goes Rars, it's A, it's Abe, Steve the Sleeve, and insert coin. Thank you all for the subs. We've got our next caller here. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Hi, I'm Nizzy2K11, and I'm from uh, New Jersey. Sorry, your name one more time. It's a little quiet. Uh, Nizzy2K11. Okay. I, I didn't catch it, but you're from New Jersey, you said? Yeah. New Jersey. All right. New Jersey, what would you like to talk about on the show? Hi. Uh, so at the end of the broadcast, I actually missed it because I tuned out because I didn't think they'd have anything, but the end of the broadcast on Sunday – Jat did a uh, like a little podcast thing with uh, Dokla, Jensen, and uh, Xu, right? Yes. Right? To- totally not your idea, Travis. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that I thought was like a really, really good piece of content that they did. Uh, and it's something that I feel like they need to do a lot more of to help the players like build their brand and actually like express themselves on the broadcast because there's only so much you can do in those post-game interviews and here they were able to talk about uh like the import take that jensen had they had a little bit of the meta talk around what's happening they were complaining about the the uh double support items i think and uh they got to talk about the new changes to the broadcast and how doing uh pick band backstage was and that's like it's not something they really talk about that often normally uh travis would end up asking them in an interview or something but it's not something we get to hear about like what it's like to be backstage yeah it's a great idea for the show i think uh (laughs) really really happy that he can do that with three pros and so yeah i I mean you sound a little jealous travis so I realize actually as I'm as I'm trying to play up this jealousy element, I'm realizing that of the uh, I don't know sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred people that we have watching right now, the majority of them don't understand this joke. the uh, The first show that I ever did, the first ever piece of content I did in League of Legends was called State of the League, Great which show. is based off of a StarCraft show called State of the Game uh, that I really liked, and the show was like me and three pro players. And I would just get them to like talk amongst each other for two hours. It was, you know, eventually I got to hotline league, but this was like the very first thing to the, to the extent that like my email and my domain are still like at state of the league, because that was like my brand back then. Hence the SOTL Travis, if you've ever seen that. And, uh, when Mark was, I forget if it was before he got the job or whenever, after he got it, he was like, yeah. I'm just going to do like a state of the league show after the last game on Sunday. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. You're going to just do that. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's a great idea. Um, and, uh, and like, I, I look at the jealousy is because I think that that type of content can honestly be the best possible fucking content that you can get. Like, it is so great when you get multiple players, especially on different teams, all talking with each other about stuff. I think that that, that was really good. I, it was a little, uh, it's not Jet's fault. I think, I think because everybody was just like getting into it, it was a little slow at times or whatever, or like there were like, once those people all start jamming, and I think they will probably make that longer than 15 minutes um, in the future. Once they all start jamming, you get to a point where like, it's really, really good. Um, because you, you, they can start to disagree with each other. You can start to spark conversation. I My hope is that Riot and Jet do not 
veer away from talking about like controversy and a pretty good sign of that was that they were down to talk about the lag issues right which is obviously something that doesn't make the league look good and Jack asked some follow-up questions there so like he's definitely not um selling out but uh or, or being a shill or anything like that but i think those shows get really interesting whenever like like imagine if that show existed when the player walkout happened and you have three that. players on the show from different teams talking about like the fucking player walkout and stuff like that. Um, so, so that is, I've, I have always found that those are the most spicy whenever you have the, the players able to speak honestly uh, and openly about like either frustrations that they have with the community or riot or a caster or stuff like that. Um, and so we'll see if the show evolves in that direction. But even if it doesn't, I think it's like really good that it exists because that is the type of thing, especially with the fact that they're just able to roll straight into it from the end of the show. Um, that is like super good. Um, so I wish I knew it was going to happen. I had to watch the VOD later and people were talking about uh, dude, the, the Jensen import take. And I'm like, where, where did this happen? No, this Riot is, is so fucking bad about promoting their stuff. Like they did a... My my annoyance over the weekend was that they did a like after party after the first day outside, um, and like they did not advertise this thing at all. They've advertised the Kia one that's coming up this week because it's like probably in a contract somewhere that they have to make five tweets and like three verbal mentions and an Instagram post about it. Um, but like they do not like I'm not shocked that they didn't mention it because like that would have been a good idea and they just don't do it. So. Um, and, and maybe they did mention it and you and I just caught or didn't, we missed it or something, but yeah, I, I don't know. I hope that they, I hope they continue the series. I hope pros continue to be down to, to go on it. And, um, and I do, I do think it's, it's super good. And, and like, it is funny that Jat was teasing me because like, oh man, like I should probably, one of the content ideas I have for this year, I don't know if I'll get around to it is like me talking about the early history of league. And I remember we did an episode of hotline league. I think in like the first 20 or 30 episodes of hotline league state of the league where Jack came on after the community had turned on him. I don't even remember why I'd have to go back and look for like scumbag Jat, and they called him scumbag Jat, and he, everybody had, had turned him on and we had to have him come on the show and he like juggled on the show to become more relatable. Like the the history of this shit is that juggles. Yeah, Jack. Well, he used to be able to. Jug he could juggle twelve years ago. I don't know. Thirteen years ago. I don't know if he can now. But I'll, I'll ask him tomorrow. You know. Yeah. You know. You know what they should do is during the pauses, they should just have him come up and start juggling. Like, for the crowd. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. It was during WCG, and he WCG, which was. Um, a more ethical version of what the Saudi Arabia thing might be where you had <laughs> team Canada versus like team us and all this stuff. The and one thing and I won. Yes. Yes. And the teams were named like chicks dig Elo and stuff like just things that you would not be able to do in 2024. And Jat, that's what it was. Jat, because he had citizenship in both Canada and the U S was able to, uh, <laughs> was able to play on two different teams, which people thought was super scummy and obviously was like some sort of conflict of interest. But um, yeah. And so there's a bunch of drama about it. Everybody, it was one of the first like League of Legends esports pitchforks 
and everybody pitchforks pitchforked against Jat and uh and he had the moniker scumbag Jat for for a bit because of that. Um and he came on the show and that was his like sort of PR tour was coming on State of the League. So it's just funny now that he's like hosting hosting that show. Um but no, I think the content's super good. Pal Fox, would you go on that show? Um I mean, why not? I He goes on this show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't that, was a snap, that was a snappy response, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you um, you said you want to do more stuff, or like you think it's important to do stuff, but you also said you like that the days are quick and you have the rest of your day to yourself. So, well, okay. Before when I said that, I just kind of mean like we would have to get there early. We would be doing nothing but sitting in our rooms for an hour straight. We would get out of out of the rooms and like I guess media and stuff like that would be kind of very slow. But it's a lot faster now. But we're just we're doing the same things. It's just faster, <laughs> you know. So it just feels like I'm not wasting as much time, and I have more times for other things, right? Yeah. Oh, one one cool uh, show idea, by the way. Um, I'm kind of pulling this from my Brazil trip that I went to with uh, Core Speaker, Licorice, and Revan, TSM Shopify's coach, or not TSM? <laughs> Sorry, Shopify, <laughs> Shopify's coach. Um. We, after we played with each other, we gave our, like, honest opinions about each other as players. Like, from what we got from the weekend, what we experienced throughout the split. And um, it was more, like, brutally honest. (laughs) But it was really, really, really nice. Yeah, Yeah, that's fun. And honestly, like, I think we all kind of took it in stride, the type of people we were, you know? Um, But it'd be interesting to see, like, if you pulled somebody up for, like, Two players to do that for each other on ride broadcast, maybe start some beef. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be fun. Yeah, I, I had a really wholesome one with Surdy and Fake Out for like our finals. We had to do like a sponsor fulfillment, and I pretty much got like they were like the, t- the two best top liners we had. They're like we're likely to make LCS, and that was actually kind of fun because like they were both like, "Hey man, like we play different, but like, I really respect you." You know, like they got some like good moments out of it. It was it was really yeah. fun. I mean, Fake Out's so nice that even Eminem complimented him in his thread. So you know. Muzvane in the Twitch chat stole the joke I was going to make once Cubby was done talking, which was like they should bring Ayla and Vulcan on the show together. That's exactly. how you, you spark beef. Get some, <laughs> get some stuff going. No, but I think it's good. I also like that it is live because uh, I feel like in the past, Riot probably would have been like, okay. Actually, Riot did do this show, right? It was, well, they did like a weird version of it, right? Which was like yeah. the Medios one. Yeah, like 2020. Yeah, where. Yeah. They had it was like super fancy and then they would record these things and then they would just like make it feel look they'd edit it down. Yeah, yeah, they'd edit it down and like I I think that that stuff is really impressive from a production standpoint. I do think that the future of esports is we're just a bunch of pals hanging out talking about stuff. So um yeah. You're you're beating them at the game again, Travis. They're 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 gonna steal your content twice. Wait, which one? Uh, the the bunch of pals hanging out isn't that us right now? We're oh yes. Inviting more pals yes. To the party. Well, that's all of that's yeah. all of that was the uh, Twitch integrations this LCS, week. LCS Twitch or these League of Legends esports podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, caller. Thank you so much for uh, calling in and for your take. Anything that you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Uh, yeah, shout out best of threes. Uh, please, Mark, bring those back. It's real boring to not have anything happen in Champ Select. Do you know that in Champ Select, champions are picked and banned? Yeah, but if you can't ever change that, it's not really that interesting. 
you can't ever change what what champions are picked and banned. Yeah, you know, after the, after the first game, you lost to this. Now you change your bands up. Hmm. Did when you that watch... doesn't happen, picks and bands is kind of random to the viewer. Did you watch Challengers League this weekend? We have Fearless Draft and Best of Threes. No. I you should watch it next weekend. League. So it sounds like you don't care as much weekend. about Best of Threes yeah. and watch Fixing Champions. Because when <laughs> offered it, caller, you chose not to. Anyway, thanks for your call. We'll see you next time. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick... Wait, we need to take a quick break. Don't drag in... Oh, it's fine. It's a special Oh, my gosh, game. it's a random. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, she she can chill for a second uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. while I talk yeah. about Alienware, our sponsor for this episode. Thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring tonight's episode. You got to go check out Alienware. They've got a bunch of awesome products, including the uh, Alienware, or Alienware Aurora R16. Say that for 10 times fast. Uh, the wonderful desktop that they sent me last year. You can also take a look at the new M16 R2. If you've seen my outros this week, you'll know that I've been talking a lot about this product. A fantastic machine, which is all about keeping a low profile uh, while also kicking things up for performance, gaming, streaming, and more. It's got up to a NVIDIA RTX 4070 laptop GPU. Uh, it's cooled by Alienware Cryotech thermal technology. And this thing, it's it, by the way, it just got announced a couple weeks ago uh, during the sort of tech wave of stuff that comes out at the beginning of the year. And it's now available for purchase. Uh, you can actually get it right now for me. If I order it, it says it arrives February 7th, so you get it pretty quick. Uh, sometimes these things can take a little longer depending on who you're ordering it from, but they have these things uh, ready to go. So I think it's just uh, cool to see Alienware continuing to innovate. Uh, this thing, by the way, you can get a 16-inch QHD plus 2560 by 1600, 240 hertz display with G-Sync. And, and that's super cool, by the way. The fact that uh, you can choose, because in the past, I don't know how much you guys uh, keep an eye on sort of monitor stuff and display technology, but in the past, there was like a pretty big trade-off where you could maybe choose a higher resolution display or one that has a higher refresh rate. Uh, it's awesome to see a machine that has both uh, in it. So I don't know. I think the, uh, the M16 R2 looks fantastic. Hoping that I can grab one from Alienware myself and uh, encourage you to go check it out over at alienware.com slash Travis. There's a link in the uh, description if you're watching over on YouTube or on the podcast description. So thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show. All right. In the call, we have somebody who tells me she's never available on Mondays and yet here she is. Uh, I'm an hour late. Emily, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Culver City, California. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. What What do you want to talk about on the show? Um. Well, I typed my thing in case I didn't make it uh, because I do have something every Monday night, Travis. Uh, not just avoiding you on purpose. Sure. But um, I I always respect Christian's opinions on like mid lane matchups and stuff, and I bug him about it sometimes when I can. So I figured I'd come in with a quirky Azir take because you know that excites everyone, um, including mid laners. Uh, but actually, in all seriousness, I did want to ask, uh, Azir kind of tends to warp the mid lane meta whenever he's either perceived as like ridiculously strong or just generally blind pickable in a draft. So with some of the answers that we already see, what is it going to take to get you guys to drop the Azir? 
or is it doomed? Like, is he is he that strong, or is he just like super comfortable for most people to play? And you can kind of blind pick him. I mean, my opinion is also that it's getting punished a little bit more. But what's it going to take for teams to just drop the Azir? I think that Azir is like um, very good in the beginning of splits because he's not punished as hard because it takes team synergy to punish him and good drafts. Um, I think that Azir will always be meta, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You see in, in pro play of League of Legends, people have gotten so good at engaging that you need dashes. It's not possible to survive um, without them. Like, let's say if you look at T1 Genji's game, it's like, Owner goes in first, he EQs out, like, R, Flash R's EQs out, right? Traps people, they have to decide, like, if it's an Orianna in a Jarvanol, right? It's like, okay, I have to Flash now, right? And then they come back, come back in with, like, a Nico coming in, and the Nico flashes on the Orianna, it's like, okay, now you're dead, right? But let's <laughs> say you're Azir, well, now you've done some damage in the fight, um, and you have a dash to get away, so you don't have to blow your Flash, um, and... Yeah, it's just like the more team coordination there is in the game, uh, the more you can't really play non-dash champs unless they're like really strong. Mm. Um, and Azir just happens to be in a place where like he's okay and he has a dash. An so. unexpected answer, but not one I wanted to hear. Um, <laughs> I, think... I mean, I, I I personally think that Azir is like really counterable. I think he has like a one or two wins against Akali right now. And he has like six or seven losses. Like it's like not, you know, like there, there is picks to punish the champion. People just don't actually pick them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sorry. Cubby, were you going to say something? No, I was also going to say that like, I think something that's really important in the quirky Azir matchup too, that I don't see enough here. And that I see more in LCK is like, mid's just getting the W or the E out of one or the other. Cause it's so expensive mana wise. Like, I know that LCK, like, when they played around Azir a lot, and not this past season, but, like, the season before, like, when Zekka was going, it was, like, watching, like, a lot of the LPL and LCK playoff games, and I just noticed that, like, junglers would just go get the Azir to E, because, like, you just burn mana. And I don't know if that changed in the new season with it Presence did. of Mind. It did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, the Dorn's, Dorn's Ring is a little bit too strong right now. You okay. actually... Um... There's a couple champions right now that don't actually need to build a mana, mana item that used to. Yeah. Um, and you have literally no issues with mana right now. Yeah. It's you only have issues with champions that like really spam abilities, but Azir spamming a forty mana cost W doesn't really do anything. Um and Corky just like queuing a wave, Ring it, clearing it, and just leaving is like he already builds tier, you know, like he, he needs to build mm -hmm. that item anyways, right? Um so unfortunately Riot kind of unintentionally made mana items a little bit less important. Um yeah, cause the Azir builds like release Azir now, where it was like you just rush yeah. Nashers and uh, which I always thought like I Azir wants Nashers. I I was always you know like that that's the item for him. But yeah, it's 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 really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Lichbane for Lichbane is actually something I've really I wouldn't say enjoyed seeing on Azir is the right word, but uh, for sidelining purposes, I think it's insanely strong. Um, yeah. The other part of my question, just because like I see you, and again, like a lot of our conversations we've had previously about mid picks have just been around like more specifically what LPL and LCK are playing, what they could 
play that they're not and like what an what a good counter matchup would be in mid um why do you think the and again i think i already know this answer i'm just, i just you're my pro guinea pig for saying it uh because i i trust you and i respect your opinion um why do you think the meta generally has not differed a significant amount from what we saw at the world championship in terms of key champion picks um even with how many things have changed with the map and itemization and then going into this weekend you guys as nrg like you specifically but also generally this group of players is a group that I'm looking at as a team that could really, really innovate and throw some funky stuff in draft. How willing do you think people actually are going to be? Because this is the, our first like live patch weekend. I think, I mean, from what we've seen, like, I think that people are pretty willing. I think Insanity, if you want to have like a, a, Insanity will pick random shit all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that he is actually the person that is more down to play a lot of the the weird stuff. Um, I think that like, I mean, the patch drops on Wednesday. That's the first day we actually get to play it. Um, other than like scrims. So it'll kind of be interesting to see. It's like how, how people actually innovate. I think that people will be like really late on the meta and you might see some like super big draft gaps, which will be a bit interesting. Um, but a lot of the things that like, you see me playing like Talia as an example, um, I think that a lot of mid laners are like slow to pick up this champion and even in scrims let's say they do pick it up they might have like one or two bad games they don't understand why it's because a lot of the time the mid counter picks that you need to play warp how your team picks actually go and you need to understand like you pretty much like what i tell my teammates is like i want this champion i don't want to mm -hmm. play if we don't have this champ um and it, it it will just warp your team identity a lot more and it'll force your teammates to actually play uh, a lot more champs. The thing is, is like if your teammates aren't willing to do that, then now you're just kind of stuck in the still meta where like there's no reason to like play these counter picks if you're not willing to like all in and like play play the best things for them. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I that am curious, Pal Fox. Do you think that there will be salty pros? Um, like, are you <laughs> gonna see people tweeting when they just get? fucking crushed in lane by something that somebody figured out faster than them and they're like wow we have to play this dog shit patch or something like that you know of course i mean like even the double support item like um okay i had this talk with with my ad carry uh which was like you literally get more gold like yes you, uh -huh. you it's gross it's, it's not, so disgusting it's gross people, people still don't build it because like the talk I had with him was pretty much just like, if you get more gold, but you want to farm later because you think you're going to be losing out on late game item spikes, why don't you just buy the item and then sell it after you've gotten the gold? And like, you, the amount of gold that you go up is like, I don't know, what I was seeing from our scrims were like, we were getting like towers and objectives and like, the enemy AD carry was just getting an absurdly, like, he, he ended up going up gold, like, throughout the whole play. It was really weird, right? Um, yeah. And I think that people will be salty, um, but there's also the fact that like pros are usually like really stubborn, so a lot of pros probably won't adapt. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm just fascinated by it, and I wonder if there's going to be a point in time where like that 
uh, I'm just wondering what kind of drama will come out of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I like if if, <laughs> if hey, I want the drama, man. What, let's see it. Well, that makes it funny. Yeah, I know, of. but I I think you guys are thinking of the like obvious drama of like a person who gets crushed and is like, oh yeah, they're playing that OP shit or something like that. But like, what happens when a co-streamer or a content creator is like, you know, picks that up and then it becomes this whole mantra? Like, I I I'm not saying this is going to happen. It's just like I have seen how these things kind of spiral and, and turn into kind of this weird uh, toxic scenario. And I am wondering if something like that will happen. I hope not, though, because I do love the idea of life patch, and so it would be a bummer if something that everyone's so excited about now ends up becoming like a bitter thing later. I mean, um, Champions Q is kind of the perfect example of that, right? Where like it started <laughs> off, and everybody's like, "We fucking did it! We have Champions Q!" And then like by the <laughs> end of a split, it's like North American player pl pro pros are the laziest fucking pieces of shit. And Riot's like, "Yeah, we're shutting <laughs> Champions Q down." Like, you know, I'm. I maybe I have trauma. That's what it is. Like I, he sees something exciting, and I'm like, "What's what's the crazy drama that's gonna?" Uh, Dude, Riot ruined Champions Q. I don't know why. Don't, people don't know what they did. It's fine. What did they do? There was mandatory voice comms at first, and then they took those out because pro players would say that they would play more if they didn't have that. And then like, I really liked the voice comms, and then when people just weren't joining, they. I, I mean, I pretty much had a chat with, like, the people who ran it. I was like, nothing's getting better. I can tell you without looking at stats that, like, this is actually making it a lot worse. And then they're like, oh, we actually just need to run the stats on it a little bit more. Um, and then they had one split of that. The next split, they tried to go back to it. And then it was just already ruined by that point. Like, nobody wanted to play. So. Hmm. It's like having it on the weekends and then going to the weekdays and then going back to the weekends is maybe a, an apt yeah. analogy. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout no, out? Thanks for letting me on. Uh, shout out to, I would say I said this on making the rounds with Kelsey earlier today because um, we brought that show back. So actually shout out to that. First of all, me and Kelsey streaming after LEC finishes every Monday doing Making the Rounds. It's been a fun time. Um, but then also shout out to our, not just our production team, but like specifically the engineers and like actual staff behind making sure that the pre-recorded draft and the turnaround time was so quick. Cause like, uh, I don't think people realize how much effort and organization has to go in to have that be smooth. And it kind of had to be smooth because of the promises that we made. So like there's an entire team of people behind that. And especially with the layoffs that came through today, I feel like the people who are there making this product so good, you should really, really shout them out and really appreciate them. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I've just heard a lot of the folks who are, who did get hit and it is a, uh, it's a it's a sad time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, um, Emily, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for letting me come on. Yeah. I I'll also say too, like on that last summary point, like if you have it's really hard to grasp how many people go into working on LCS as a product unless you've been to the studio. Like it, it is amazing like how many extra like faces and people are around. Well, and even if you go to the studio, it's more like blue. you have to be in the back, right? Because like yeah. if you go just watch, you'll see some people yeah. out front, but like the majority of the folks are actually in the back. Like it's crazy yeah. how many people like get the show going. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, thank you uh, to Emily. Cubby, you want to go yeah. grab the next caller? Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you to Fishy, Cowiz, Rob, Robbie Chan, America Vespucci, Rippy575, uh, Aviokia10, uh, Bowen Chung, thank you for the 500 bits, and Gingmeyer, thank you for the tier two. Thank you, folks. The uh, Oh, and Adam over on, on YouTube. Thank you for the membership. Uh, that stuff is more valuable than you can imagine this year. Uh, it's, I've had a, it's not been a great beginning of the year. I'll say that much in terms of news for TGI and stuff. So, um, might have to, we'll talk more about that in a future episode, but, uh, Ron Blade is here. Ron Blade, where are you calling from? Um, Sydney, Australia, Sydney, Australia. Oh, what do you want to talk about? On the show? Uh, so I have a question for power Fox, which I think you talked a little bit about at the start of the show, but hopefully there's more to say, um, which is essentially, you know, you were obviously griefed by team owners for a long time. And so you never got to be on a good team that went to uh, the international competition. But obviously last year you got that opportunity. And I'm interested to hear how you feel having done that, played against all the best mids in the world um, in scrims and on stage. Like coming back to NA, NA now, are you feeling like there's this massive gap between you and the people around you and those international laners, or are you actually, were you kind of surprised that it's actually closer, you're closer to that top tier than maybe you realized when you were just playing against other people in NA? I think that people don't realize how close the gap actually is, or sorry, let me rephrase, how close the gap can be. Um, because like obviously League is a 5v5 team game, and a lot of what you see LCK and LPL actually do better than our region is like the communication, the timing, and like the understanding of like, it's like really basic fundamentals when you think about it. Um, our, I think a lot of teams just don't have a lot of like infrastructure to help them out. And a lot of it is on the players to realize it themselves. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think you can really do that without going to an international event. It's it's really hard to be able to like realize something that isn't actually or how do I put this? It's hard to learn something that you're not actually experiencing. Like if you can only see it from other regions, you don't understand like what goes into a play. Um and I think that like a lot of what I got back from like worlds and stuff like that was just um the fact that i just need to put in more individual effort and i need to not be lazy about my practice um i mean i, I always say like on other interviews like my arm hurts what that really means is like when i play lazy i click like one or like five times a second when i'm playing like really focused i'll click like 10 times a second 10 to 11 and my movement's generally better. Um, and I've noticed that I actually like think better as well in the game. And I I only did that in Korea because I was like, might as well go all out and like, who cares about if it hurts or like if I have pain, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think it's about being able to do that consistently up until Worlds and actually having like a good system for that myself. So that's kind of like my biggest takeaway. 
Right. Maybe a little follow up if I'm allowed it would be everyone obviously is super hyped on Jojo as kind of this generational talent in NA. And I'm interested to think like you've now scrimmed and played against some of the people that are like considered that level in other regions. Like, do you think Jojo specifically, and I guess yourself as well, like can, you know, like, do you think that you, you know, there is space for these mid laners to be on that same level and to be that same thing for NA? Yeah, I mean, of course. I think that, like, uh, when I was mentioning to Emily that you need to be able to warp your team's picks and, like, kind of warp your team identity, I think that... Um, I don't know how much Jojo actually does that for his team or how much his coaches do that for him. Um, but my coaches help me out with it a bit, and I also do it a lot, like, naturally. Um, so... It's just like the idea of I don't want to pick Nico unless we have like a hyper carry somewhere. If you end up with like Nico and like Senna TK and like a Rel Jungle, you're super low damage profile, right? This happens like a lot in international events. It happens a lot in scrims. And I think what the Asian teams actually have down is like they have a formula for draft that makes sense. They don't actually just like completely grief their their players and I think that at least what I want to see out of Jojo that'll make him a lot better of a player is I think that he needs to kind of, I mean, he's starting to do it, which is good, but open up his champion pool and actually like manipulate the draft in a way that like, like his, his teammates also need to open up their champion pools. It's not just Jojo. If they, like, if he tells them that like he needs this from top or he needs like his ball lane to play this and he's playing these champions, I think it, it'll make him look a lot better than, than he is even right now. I I actually like kind of appreciate like what you're saying too, and like something that I've at least agree with. Like one of you know the many like takes that you know like we have from LS is like something that I actually always stuck with me with him is like he always say that like in Korea, the pros are able to like off roll better. I think like a lot of like what you've been saying, Paul Fox, is kind of like you know the coordination that these teams have. Like they have a better understanding like what is needed for like every role. And I know, like, when I was talking with a lot of the Challengers players this past year, like, they had a pretty much a four-and-a-half, five-month break between, like, their last game and then spring. I was telling a lot of them, I was like, dude, just play, play like, a different role for a month. Like, just see what happens. Because, like, at least, like, in general, like, learning curves with stuff, you're going to learn so much more playing a different role than, like, continuously grinding your own role. And you might be able to bring that back into tryouts, into a combine, where, like, you will at least be able to round out your skill set, right? Because, like, in terms of, like, learning curves, like, You'll want to specialize and be ready like for those things to perform at your highest level. But you can round yourself out and that will maybe help you view what you do differently too, like within the game, right? And I think that's something that like is definitely I also agree with you is missing, and something that I've actually credited you guys for a lot, like under Think Card, is that I actually feel like you guys have had better draft reads, like majority of the time. Like even when it's like Luger Poom, you guys were like on the Senna Seraphine tech early, like the a lot of the Senna tech, like I like you guys like have had better rounded out drafts and even like this week in lcs like i've been seeing rumble paired with milia lucian like that shit makes no sense to me like that, that is not what the milia lucian like really wants you know uh so like for me like i like i think that this like is an issue like that i see and like sometimes like there are just some drafts like that you don't have like what people need like across the map and yeah that's definitely something that like i feel like is more consistent elsewhere yeah, I mean, personally, I mean, I can talk a little bit about the dig draft, but, like, yeah, we we went over a draft scenario where, like, we almost had, like, flipped matchups of, like, Rumble, Azir, and Corky, and I I told my coaches, I was like, no, 
you're you we will lose the game like there's no reason to start like you obviously can win every game right but like mm -hmm. i don't want to go into the game just inherently at a disadvantage when corky builds a hex drinker mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's just not it's not like a real thing and a lot of coaches just have bad reads, reads and a lot of players just like mm -hmm. don't actually understand how it affects them you know that that's a great example too because like you guys had dokal play jason in the rumble that game and because you have the son of Kendrick, you're actually able to play through that lane, which if you pressure Rumble, like Jace hits a break point where he just nukes Rumble on the sideline like for the rest of that game, right? Yeah. And you also had a really, like, you had a really sick roam at level six to get XU because, like, it was a control word there. And you dropped a wave to, like, make sure that, like, Dokul was even further set up. Like, I know you picked up the kill from that, but, like, that's, like, a good example of, like, that was a team-wide thing where, like, hey, we can play this if we have the son of Kench bot, right? Like, you're able to play the map as a whole. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you so much to our caller for their take. Is there anything that uh, you'd like to say here at the end? I just want to shout out Palafox. Um, when I came over to the States and went to Worlds, uh, what's that, year and a half ago now, I met Palafox at the Live Hotline League event, and he was super nice and friendly, and it was super lovely. So, yeah, I've kind of been a bit of a fan since then. So it was obviously super cool to see you and NRG go on a bit of a tear this year. So um and yeah particularly sweet to see you destroy g2 so i uh, yeah i really hope that uh you continue to do well this year so yeah i was saw you on today and was like gotta make it gonna make it in so yeah have a good one yeah awesome. thank you so much yeah thank you for the call and we'll catch you next time all right cheers 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 all right we have uh, three more sweet. callers to go tonight thank you yeah, too. Cool. yeah penny snatcher um, for the prime Cliff.sun for the tier one. Hi, Cliff. Uh, I think I shout out, out Gingmeyer. So thank you, thank you. all. Um, Cubby, I think we're ready for the next caller whenever you yep. uh, are ready to head out. But uh, yeah, I was saying earlier, thank you for to everybody who does sub. Um, that I think more and more the content that you're going to be watching on my channel will have to be funded by... Uh, I don't know, maybe a Patreon or or just me perhaps streaming more to try to do some more sub stuff because it's just the way the industry is going. And I know a lot of other people are hurting too. So I don't want anybody who's in like a tough financial position or who recently got laid off or anything like that to be supporting. But even your prime subs, you know, included it nominally free in some way. And one person once got frustrated with me for suggesting that they were free, but um, free to many. Uh I think that that type of stuff is very helpful and does go to support the content. So uh, thank you to everybody who does decide to sub. All right, we got Waka here. Waka, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California. And what do you want to talk about on the show? So I have a question for Palafox. Um, with the focus on player content um, and with how... That affects either your schedule or um, other stuff with that. How is your opinion on this content change? Um, and if we can get to it, how with how are the players feeling after the um, com uh, conversation you guys had with Marks about the player? Uh, I think what it was what like was like the it player summit. Yeah, the player summit. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on the content change? Um. With how the LCS is like uh, more forward with like putting in segments and 
doing more content pieces with players. Um, and of course, earlier in the stream, we you guys talked about um, hosting Eon and other stuff. How are you feeling, like, feeling with it? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I I actually generally like all these changes. I think that honestly, we did a little bit of stuff where we like grab players for like broadcast segments, but these are obviously a little bit more like on the fly and you get to see like more of people's personality. Um, so I think that's good. I think what I would like to see pushed a little bit more. I know you didn't, you guys said like you didn't really care about the subreddit, but um, personally it holds like a special place for me because that's actually kind of how I, I got so into league was like, I played, I looked at subreddit a lot. I looked at a lot of content creators. Palafox, let's be clear here. My career began on the subreddit whenever a pro player posted that they had become homeless. Uh, so I don't want to I don't oh, want to suggest that? that it is not important to me too. It's yeah, more just who, I've who given up that? on trying to invest time into it. But you could you could continue. Sorry. Anyone know that guy? Um so well, I just think that like isn't that so beautiful to think like that's where you started from, but now it's like, I feel like the subreddit's like a desolate place of only like esports things only, and it doesn't really feel that good. Um, and I hope that a lot more traffic goes through there somehow. Maybe Mark can talk to them out of their their Dude, ways. The 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 mods are not, the mods don't really listen to anybody, and I don't even say that in like an aggressive way. It's just like they have decided what that subreddit is going to be, and I don't. I think it would also be look very bad for Mark and Riot. They don't want to get like as much as people want to claim that the Riot mods have been paid by or sorry the the Reddit mods have been paid by Riot. Like not accurate from my understanding in any way shape or form. And I think there's a lot of stuff on there that would not be there if Riot was paying them. But I I don't think that Riot wants to get caught up in like trying to convince the moderators of the subreddit to change the way they work, you know. Yeah, I just feel like it's just such a big traffic of, especially like North American fans, you know? Um, I mean, it I doesn't like drive year. much traffic if that makes you, like, I as somebody whose content goes there, it doesn't really, like, you can get pretty high up there and unless, like, the only things that it'll drive a ton of traffic on is, like, stuff that was going to succeed anyway. And let's put it this way, like, oftentimes the videos that I have that are pretty high up there will get, like, 5% of their viewership from the subreddit. So it's not it's not as impactful as you think. I agree that it is like a really great location for community and culture and conversation. Like whenever you are looking at a post-match thread, it's like super fun to see everybody talking in it. But uh, it is like, I don't, I don't think it's... Also, you said like you want to, there to be less esports stuff, it sounds like there. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that like pushing a bunch of esports driven content all the time is like the best way to gain a casual fan or turn a casual fan into like a esports watcher right i think it's like how i got introduced to esports and like even loving league wasn't through esports it was through like watching i don't know what their names are but they used to just make like old parodies of songs and turn them into league related videos right Civ hd was one yeah, like it, it, um, yeah. it really wasn't like esports that drove me into esports. It was really the casual content creator that did this. I think the like 
I guess like I feel like a lot of a lot of pieces play into each other and sometimes like we just focus on the end result a lot and I don't really think that that's too good. Chat said Instawalk, that was it. Oh and yeah, also, yeah. Spazzy, yeah. Uh, made good content <laughs> back then. Um Yeah, there were a lot of people making really great content back then. Um way back <laughs> yeah. in the day. You were still around. <laughs> yes, I I was still around. Yes. Well, um, around today. I mean, Palfax, I, I, I will say that I think that, okay, if, if your sentiment is, cause it sounds like you're like, oh, I like it when you see really cool League of Legends content that gets people into the game. And then those people are more likely to watch the eSport. Is that kind of your philosophy? Yeah. I mean, one, I think a lot of the content still exists. It's just hap. It's like on yeah like where do i have to go to find it youtube it's not yeah yeah so let's say like oh sorry sorry oh no it's like it's like necrit or like nikki boy i mean scooch left but there's there's some yeah there's some a lot of creators like that even like dumbs it's great yeah i i'm just sure that like at least for me a lot of that a lot of me seeing it in the first place was through Reddit. Even if it drives like a little bit of it, it's like I saw it through Reddit, I told my friends about it. Now that like that small Reddit engagement was like suddenly like five or six more of my like real life friends watching this video. Sure. I, I just I think that, that Reddit the other thing is that I mean not to go too far down the road, I think Reddit is trying to IPO soon and like become oh listed on the stock market and when that happens i think the sub the site is also going to go get a lot worse because it'll become a publicly traded company like my suggestion pal fox is we should not be betting our all of our chips on the subreddit because i feel the same way you did back in the day like it was super meaningful to me and and it still is in a way but like i think we need to find other places like discord youtube itself uh places like that to try to to cultivate the same kind of experience yeah i guess i just i've read like um who what was his name he used to be like clg's old like gm or something yeah yeah I know. um yeah. I, it just who seems like that, maybe i was just um hearing a lot of things from him and also just looking at like let's say ludwig's like growth it's just playing off a bunch of different platforms to actually like make your growth like multiply a lot more, you know. No, okay. So here, I'm not saying I'm not saying Reddit's the end all be all. I'm no, just no, trying no. to say it's like a piece, you know. Because you've hit on something really good, which is I think what Mark's priority should be. One of his biggest priorities should be is like getting the LCS platforms like to a good place again. Um, it's a tough day to be critical of things that Riot employees have been working on, so I'll try to be like you know, have a light touch to it. But I think that for instance, the YouTube strategy in the past is okay. I talked about this a little bit um, earlier in the show. Right. But like what happens now, whenever a YouTube video gets released and I'm trying to do this more, especially with like my big tentpole releases is like they will track YouTubers will track the click through rate and look at all the real time analytics and change dynamically like the thumbnail, the title, all this stuff to get to a really good place. Like that doesn't happen on the 
YouTube channel. And like, I, I don't feel that bad talking about this because like I talked to Riot about this last year. Um, they'll just name stuff like, uh, what is it? They, they always call it something like week one promo. Yeah. Back on weekends, LCS week one promo. Like that is not a particularly captivating title. Um, or like what a player of the week should never do. Like these are the types of things where <clears throat> let's set aside the content for a second. You know, me, let's just pretend everybody at riot on these teams fucking kicks ass on it. And, and again, <laughs> tough, tough day to, to say otherwise. Right. But like, you need to make sure that you are doing a lot of stuff to make sure that your stuff, you're sorry, doing a lot of stuff to make sure your stuff doing a lot, spending a lot of time, an effort to make sure that people are actually going in and consuming this content. And so when you talk about like the Ludwig stuff, that is like the perfect example of like Ludwig is not gaming Reddit. Like obviously like live stream fails and all that stuff does a lot for yeah. him. But like the real places he finds success on, I think is like YouTube and stuff like that. Right. Where he has a clips channel. That's that pops up. Well, I don't know if he does, but a lot of the, like a <laughs> lot of those people have clips channels that, pop off and do a lot to feed into them. And like the thumbnails are all very really well done. And like, that's the type of stuff that the LCS needs. Yeah. Cadrill's Cadrill's doing this really well as, as uh, Boba bun bun and Twitch chat says. So also like go back to more of the initial point, like with Palafox, like one of my favorite pieces actually of you Palafox was with CLG when they did like your like little nook or like the loft. Right. Yeah. Like, that was like that's like really fun, you know. Like it, like I learned something new about you and kind of like how you know you like to be outside of the game and like stuff like that. Not being able to make it onto that Reddit, like that might be a new way for people to discover that and like let it live there. Like if people like it, they'll upload it and it's fine. I I just I don't get like why they chop out the stuff. Like helps us connect with you, like as people, you know. And I think that's why part of the reason why people feel disconnected, like this new kind of crop of pros that we've had emerge throughout the past five, six, seven years. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so I agree with your your overall all sentiment there, Palfox. Also, I forget Waka Waka. Remind me, what was your take again? Oh no, I was just like, if we could get to it, like for the player summit, I just want to know the player sentiment around. Right, that. man, we are all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, no. It's okay. Um, so the player summit, it was honestly a bit interesting. Um, Mark Mark was only a very short. Uh, portion of it but i guess we kind of learned like what he was trying to push and he's kind of trying to work with players to like see if we like the live patch thing making sure that everybody's like having less to complain about because i think that the more complaining there is uh league is a little bit of an echo chamber and i think he's trying to do things to like i think assuade that might be the right word make everybody feel good about it you know um and that's kind of all I can say to that. I think he's doing a really good job. That's good. That's good. Uh, thank you so much, Waka, for the call. And we will catch you next time. Is there anything you want to shout out really quick, though? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out VCT. It's going to happen soon. I'm super excited for that. And also um, Sentinels. I love you, Zosis. See you later. See you. All right. All right, we have we calls. have two callers left. There was just a mic that like may not work, so we'll we'll see. But I'm I'm gonna go grab the next one. All right, good luck. Yeah. So thank you to 
uh, Fertile Stallion, by the way, who <laughs> dropped five gifted subs. Really appreciate the support. And a very interesting name. Also, we are at 666 sub points. So we might want to move away from that because something bad could happen. Palafox, do you ever want to play Magic? Can I teach you how to play Magic? I, I mean, I would be down. You know, uh, I think Croissant plays, right? Palafox, Croissant plays because I taught him how to play at my New Year's Eve party last year. Okay, well, if you invited me to the New Year's Eve party, then maybe I would have learned too. So. He play, no, you would not have come. He plays in my what? He plays in, with came. my magic group whenever he can get away from <laughs> NRG. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be down to play. My brother played for a little bit, so... Um, Sick. Yeah. Get Croissant to teach you, actually. I mean, I'd be down to teach you, but he's like right there, so you should teach him. Uh, Jung Hoon is here. Jung Hoon, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Orange County, California. Orange County, California. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about, not to be too much of a downer, but uh, the recent layoffs uh, within the gaming industry, not just at Riot and streaming uh, as a whole, seem to be ramping up. There's a number of companies besides Riot, uh, like Discord, um, at the Game Developer Conference, I've only cursorily kept up with this. They took a poll and uh, there were some not so great numbers. It said like nearly half or 49% of survey respondents uh, said that AI might be a threat. Uh, there was just a big poll going on there. Sorry, off topic. Uh, anyway, these companies seem to be leaning more and more in heavily into the contracting or freelancing side of hiring employees. And I have a feeling that this will inevitably harm the industry and result in a PR crisis, uh, just like what we saw with Uber and Lyft uh, a couple of years back. So, do you want to try to focus this a little bit more on like its impact on esports at the very least? Because we tend to focus more on LCS on the show, um, for sure. I, and then, and then obviously, esports is broader than that. And so, going incredibly broad with like gaming and tech as a whole is is a little rough. But yeah, I mean, I think if you're you're let maybe we can turn this into kind of like an esports winter chat um and also kind of a a conversation about the LCS weathering this um yeah yeah i sorry i i, I could be mistaken i do think i recall at one point on the show um maybe it was cubby or maybe it was a different uh caster talking about how they are contractors i don't know if everybody who is a caster is freelance per se but um i know that with a lot of the like the job uncertainty kind of dipping into that esports winter doom and gloom kind of thing uh seems like there's a lot less job stability within esports uh going into the esports winter um and whether or not a lot of employees uh will have to look elsewhere if you know maybe there's other games or esports coming up. Well, well, let's around league. Well, I I do I, I don't know how comfortable you are, Cubby, talking about sort of how you're weathering the storm, especially somebody who's like very passionate about coming into esports and wanting yeah. to, you know, find a full time position. I know obviously LCS, no surprise to many people, is like a big aspiration for you. How yeah. how has all this been for you in the last I don't know twelve months? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's honestly been like kind of interesting. I mean, we are freelance, right? So like, I'm a contractor. Um, 
and the way like I mean for our show like for challengers I mean we went from having two broadcasts with three people on of the day to one broadcast with two people on of the day and like our team got cut um like that means with one broadcast instead of two and less people it's just less people a day uh for all of us I'm not in terms of like the AI thing I won't go into that because like I'm not worried about that for my job or stuff like that uh I'm sure it will have an impact I'm just not an expert but yeah I mean it's tough like frankly if this wasn't on weekends I probably would have had this have said no um, and the only reason that I was able to say yes is that this is on weekends and I can try to at least do some of my own content, but also like, I haven't really made this super public because, uh, obviously like I still want to go as hard as I can in this, but yeah, like I am work like looking for work and other opportunities at the moment. And everyone on my team at challengers league is the same way. Um, so yeah, it's, I know that's like our scenario. Um, I know that for LCS, like with the cuts, um, the analysts like Jat, Raz, Emily, and that desk, like that was cut pretty significantly. And I think that they're still going to have a big role in the show and they're going to manage that. But also it's kind of tough um, like for them to at least like have an expanded role given the changes. And like, I think no one's going to say like, hey, the shorter times between games is bad, right? Because like it seemed like it was really well received, but uh, also like their role changes because that was made. And like, there's no more desk content, right? Uh, it becomes something very different. So it's yeah like i mean i i think that a lot of people have felt it um it's kind of tough to like break into the space too because like at least for me like i have a marketing major and i can at least you know like some of the pitches i made and like some of the stuff i've done i can be like hey i've grown my own brand and marketed but also i don't have anything to like where i've been freelance for the last few years like a company like they're just looking at my work it's not like i can give them a full portfolio of stuff i did at a different company and like that is probably the first thing that i'll get asked in interviews like Hey, like, what was this job? And like, what were you doing? Right. Uh, and this job, it leads into literally nothing else. Like I hit GM playing this game. I, I've coached people playing this game, like throughout collegiate. Um, I can't apply those skills to like anything else, but just what I can do in life. You know, I think there are like a lot of life skills. Like I've brushed up on and learned throughout doing this, but, uh, that's goes for anything going through any, like anyone going through anything in life. Right. Um, and it's like not something that's like very specialty, which you kind of need in the job market. So it's tough. Um, yeah, um, it's definitely like a very different landscape since two years. Like I've been able to do this full time for two years. Um, and this is the first year where like I'll probably need more work. Um, so yeah, it's definitely very different. Um, but yeah. I will say... It, so it's funny i i promise this is on topic but i have this magic group right the whole magic group is people from riot and the teams and content creators and just like a whole slew of people from the esports space and what's been really depressing is that over the past like year that i've been running this it has, this magic group has just become progressively more underemployed. You know, it's like every couple of weeks, a new person that comes out is suddenly looking for work or they had their hours cut or they lost one of their contract gigs or sponsors dropped out from something they were doing. And, and it's like really tough out there right now. Um, and I think, look, part of this is, Esports is resetting to probably where 
where it should have been, which is not to say these people should be losing their jobs or anything like that, but like I there there's I think an understanding that like okay, this is not going to become bigger than the MLB in 10 years. Um that's just not the speed at which the industry is going to grow. And so we are seeing kind of the ramifications of that and there's layoffs on the esports side. I mean, I'll tell you all that I've heard repeatedly about there being budget cuts on the LCS. Like everyone I talk to um, over there is understanding that like there's money pulling out of that. And I think that's because there's money pulling out of of, of uh, esports stuff across the board, right? Um, I saw some people speculating that, oh, you know, Riot had to buy out the EG and Golden Guardian spots, but also in the long run, that is money that, Riot doesn't have to pay to those teams, right? Previously, Riot was paying somewhere in the million, in the vicinity of two to two point five million a year to each of the LCS teams, and so that's five million a year that they're gonna save. Um, so, I and one of my big concerns is why hasn't LCS Spring Finals been announced yet? Huh. Uh, I've definitely heard some rumors around that. I don't know if either if you have or if you have if you feel comfortable talking about it but like it's it's made it to me yeah i don't yeah i don't anticipate uh that there will be like a road show for the the spring finals this year um so yeah things are not great i would say um and and it's weird to talk about this after like the exciting opening weekend of the lcs that we had and like i think both things can exist right where you have LCS Hooray. Um, it's awesome. It's a great product. We can all tune in. We can love the changes that they're making. We can do get excited about all this stuff. And then we can also acknowledge that like it fucking sucks out there. A lot of us are having a hard time, and players are getting salaries cut, and fans are getting um, you know cool things that are, are not going to be showing up again this year. Uh I don't know. It's just, it's a, it is a, a really rough time. So, yeah. Uh, Palafox, I know that like it's, you're in a weird position as a player on all this stuff, but I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you, if you want to speak to any of it. Um, no, <laughs> I, I don't have any, I don't have any intelligent take here. It's just, uh, you know, hope right does their best. I don't have the best opinion of Riot, like at the top end, so I just don't really have anything good to say. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. The new commissioner is fucking awful. Okay, Jung Hoon, uh, anything you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, just uh, the the casters and everybody working at LCS as well as Alienware. Uh, as a fan of the LCS since I was in sixth grade, I've grown up watching the league uh, entirely, and so. Yeah, it's just kind of disheartening to hear all these things. But um, thank you to everyone for all the amazing content that you guys are putting out there. And I uh, can't wait to tune in for the next show. Well, hey, let me tell you this before you leave, because I know we just talked about a lot of depressing stuff. Look, I know that we all sit around and we go, oh, man, like LCS viewership is down this spring or whatever. This shit still gets so many fucking viewers compared to so many other things out there, like other esports, other game things like I don't know, you know, if this is going to get, you know, if we'll, we'll get to a place where like it's online only, that would obviously be terrible. Um, you know, and, and who knows what the, what the future is, but like, 
people do like watching LCS. Like, as much as all the EU people will come in and they'll be like, oh, fucking dying league, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> like this shit's getting a lot of fucking views relative to, like, oh, so many things on Twitch. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if it can can continue to sustain, like, paying millions of dollars out to teams every year or if it can continue to sustain uh traveling to a new to to some other city and filling out an arena uh twice a year but like i do think that the lcs is going to continue to be a thing for a long time um in some form or another and and like you'll get to continue to watch like competitive league esports with cool players in it that are competing in north america so i like I don't think that the future, even if we're in a really rough spot now, and even if I can't promise that like, oh yeah, we're going to get back to like spring finals will be in, I don't know, Staples Center or something. Like I do firmly believe that like League Esports will continue to be a thing for a long time. Um, and that the LCS or at least North American players will continue to play a role in that for a long time. So I nobody needs to like assume that LCS is not going to exist in some form or another next year, you know? No, for sure. I think it just, uh, you know, highlights to me that uh, at least I know that, you know, in my financial situation, the fact that I can afford to do so, I should continue to uh, support creators. So if you've got those Switch Primes, use it on TGI. <laughs> thank, thank you. Wow. For, thank you for good. the promotion. I'll catch you next time. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like a true broadcaster. Uh, okay. We got two more callers. Uh, well, I got, I got one more, unless you want me to go pull another or one. one more. No, no, you're right. You're right. Hours. One more. Sorry. Okay. I Wait, I somewhere. ran out a little bit more. We're also over time. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Off he goes. Palafox, I promise. It's not normally this depressing. <laughs> just hard. It's just hard whenever a lot of us have known, know people that have gotten like laid off today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I just know that I'm just sad at some of the people I know laid off because I knew I know that they were like amazing at their job. Yeah, and it's just like oh, that man. part to me is depressing. Yeah, I dude, I feel you there. I know I'm just like popping back in, but oh man, like a couple people like really had a big impact on me, um, and it's really sad. I know they put a lot into this, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. You know what? It's just as a random tangent. I, I was looking at the list and I see so many people I know and really like. And then the crazy thing is Graham McNeil got laid off and Graham McNeil is a dude who wrote one of the best, uh, like video game things I've ever read, which was like in college, I read a book. Do I have it on this bookshelf? I don't think I have it on this bookshelf. Uh, like a Starcraft two book called I that this guy wrote. And I wrote him a letter about like an email and I never do this. This was again, back in college or whatever about how good his book was. And then I was so excited when Riot hired him. And I think I even did like a video about it and I just see his, him on the list and like to, to, and I have like a, a weird relationship with Riot lore cause I get frustrated that they change it so often. I think Mark and I talked <laughs> about that last year, but like the top comment is about him getting let go. And I'm just like, agreed. Like, uh, it's so frustrating. I know somebody in the chat earlier was like, well, actually, uh, layoffs are not about the person. They're about the company. But like that doesn't change the fact that it feels fucking bad to see all these people who are so talented 
uh, get laid off, you know? So I don't know. Uh, anyway, back to the calls. We have a caller here. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Uh, you can call me Takeuchi. I'm calling from Chicago. Calling from Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. I will be there uh, this time next month for Magic Con in Chicago. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my take was, um, fingers crossed, everything goes well. The future of the league looks really good. Sniper, Busio, Masu, and other talents look pretty good. Um, and other NA talents is going to be a great move. And then I think it kind of shows that LCS teams got to stop spending so much money trying to find either the next Berserker, um, finding a Tier 2 import, things like that. Um, and then spend more money on co uh, coaches and NA talent and less on boomerang imports. Um, that and or even um, any of the Latin leagues, bring them in and things like that. It'll just be a lot better for the ecosystem. Uh, Pal Fox, what did you think of Jensen's? Did you see his like comments on the show about how Korean imports are like kind of overrated? Um, I mean, I kind of agree, but I think it's like, like let's say a Korean import in the role of AD where you don't really have to talk too much. I think makes sense, right? I think that, I mean, my my idea of how league pro play is the most important aspect of it has shifted over the past couple of years to like communication is literally the most important thing. Um, if you can all have the same brain, you would win worlds, you know, because then you know exactly like what to do. And honestly, like communication is only a bridge to that. I don't really think um, imports and other roles really work out too much. And some, some, however, there is some, all right. It's not all imports are bad. There is some like Korean imports that do work out. I think River is a good example um, of one. I think that Impact is a really good example. Um, and Core is another. The, the problem with it is is that these imports have to put in so much effort to actually succeed in our region um, because you're not just playing League. You're learning a different language. You're living somewhere else away from your family. It's probably a lot harder to like actually be successful here than it would be to like try to actually play in Korea. And European imports probably work out a little bit more because you know there's not that like language barrier. There might be a cultural one, but it's not. That's not nearly as big of an issue. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I, I can somewhat relate to this because, like, there was a time in my life where I had an offer to go work the LCK, right? Um, I guessed it on the LCK in summer of 22, and for 23, I pretty much had the opportunity to move to Korea or move here to LA and do NA and try and get some LCS days. Um, I have the utmost respect for Griffin. Uh, you know, the kid playing in the T1 system. He is 10 years younger than me and made a decision that I would not have made. Uh, even with, like, everything that's, like, happened, like, with eSports winner here in NA. I, like, I just knew that myself, I would be a happier human if I was able to, like, live in an English-speaking country and be able to go home when I needed to or wanted to. Um, that's a really tough decision. I, I couldn't make that. Like, I, I feel for, like, imports that are coming in here, you know? Like that's 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 a really tough decision. Um, I know some players that do it, and there I know some players that like you know support family back home. They're like coming here, I think that's really cool. Uh, like really motivating. Um, I think that you know I love when like 
anyone adds to the history of the league, I think it's great to have people like, you know, Bjergsen Jensen be a part of the history, like Core JJ's someday's impact, you know, have had a huge part to play in NA. And a lot of people have like made homes here. That's great. Um, I wrote a big thread when Mask was announced for IMT, just about like, how can we support imports if everything is dwindling, you know, um, in terms of like money and resources, right? And I think it's really difficult to do that. Uh, and also, I, I, I do agree with like the back half of like this caller. And while we have Palafox here, I don't know. I My theory on like, I think that there are a lot of things that went into your guys' success in summer. But I think the biggest takeaway that I had, or like thing that I enjoyed, is that I think there's legitimate value in your team from last year. Like, I can't imagine how valuable it is in a playoff match to like be Dokla and after a game be able to talk to Soaz. You know, like it's really tough to have people in the building be able to relate with people that are like competing on a big stage like that. I can only imagine the value of that. And it wasn't just top lane, right? Like, it was all of you guys. Like, you had coaches that, like, went through, like, they were successful in league at some point, like, in one variety or another. And to be able to talk with them and then put everyone's heads together about, like, hey, what was good? What was bad? What can we work on, like, for the next game? Within 15 minutes, like, that's a pretty powerful asset to have within your team. And, like, from the outside looking in, I definitely saw that as a unique advantage that you guys had and I, i'm sure you can kind of speak more on that pal fox but i'm sure like that was really helpful to like have people that were in your shoes at some point to like be able to talk with and relate to i mean you kind of hit the nail nail on the head i think it's like with soaz i think that or i mean especially like soaz is soaz and dokla's opinion you hear all these stories about like players not really respecting coaches but like how can you not respect people who have literally made world finals or like yes. for me with Tanner, it's like he made worlds. <laughs> um, and honestly, it's like a lot of it that I saw from other teams was like um, a lot of players do have confidence issues and coaches even help out with things like that. You know, it's like, no, it's okay. Like just try to like refocus in this way. Right. Like that's like a common, common framing that you'll hear. Um, and a lot of players don't really get that support. Uh, so, I don't know. Sometimes people just get in their own heads, and it really does help uh, to have this. Yeah. I, uh, I, oh, go ahead. I will say that as an aside, I know the caller kind of opened by saying that uh, the rookies looked all, like, were happy about the rookies. I thought that actually the rookies played decent week one. Uh Minus Castle, but you know, uh, we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of we'll go on th from there. I, I thought like both Misha and Masu actually have decent showings, and XU had a really big game against IMT. Um, yeah, I think that there were that that that's good too. That's a good shout. People already know. I saw a bunch of people in the chat saying like, "Oh, this is a Travis Plant or something." I I pulled I did not pull this person. Cubby did. Uh, people already know my opinion on this stuff, other than the fact that I will just reiterate because every time this comes up, people leave shitty comments about. Oh, Travis is like xenophobic or he really cares what, what country you're born in. I have no problem with players coming here uh, from other places. I have a problem with how often we send them back from here. Um, like that is, I think, the issue. Uh, if we were able to implement a system wherein the players who come here are more incentivized to stay or if teams who bring them over have some sort of risk and they can't just be like, well, let's just fucking slam the slot machine 
until we get the Korean lineup that we really like. Uh, that's the stuff that I think is really bad for the league. Um, and it's bad for the players and it's bad for the fans and it's bad for the teams. And it's annoying to me that I am just been, I feel like people think that I am this crazy old man that's sitting on a stoop somewhere ranting about and raving about something that's not even like real. And I'm just like, how? So unironically, like that's actually the other takeaway I had from NRG's success this past year is that in the old LCS, when promotion relegation was a thing, you had to keep three out of the five players in your roster the same. And I know that like with NRG, like what you guys did, and I know that Jonathan was talking about this, Palafox, like you guys made changes, but it was never like overhauls, right? It was like, hey, like we're going to swap out, like you pretty much kept the core of you three together changed bot lane like once and now twice because ignore like wanted to go back to you but it was like hey we feel like we need to do this to get everyone else here dude that's and my it fucking wasn't point. like they would still yeah, have exactly. the full lineup yes. right now by the way if ignore hadn't been like finally <laughs> yeah. i could get the fuck out of this region and go back to europe like <laughs> all, all the respect true, to, like, to ignore he gets to do what he wants to do it's fine i get yeah. it but like that's the kind of shit that drives me crazy well, part of it's true, but like how many times the TL just be like, all right, like we're like after like they won four in a row, it's like, okay, completely new roster, right? And like each year, right? Or, like a lot of different pieces each year. Like core has been the same, but a lot of other things have changed around core, right? Like I, I actually feel like if the three out of five rule was still in place, that would encourage teams to be smarter about who they import, you know, in case they do want to get out. I can actually speak on something about this that I learned. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of teams, I... I don't want to say this with too much certainty, so you can take this with a grain of salt, but I, I've been hearing more things shifting this way. But a lot of teams think that their only like, brand is winning. So they want to win right now, which is a very unhealthy mindset. Yes. And it is a lot of teams that feel this way. Right? Yes. I mean, I don't think um, you're saying anything that people don't know, Pal Fox. Like, I appreciate you're trying to be, like, candid <laughs> about that, but, like, I, yeah, like, that no, is... No, it means more coming from you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I could say it means more from you. I mean, really, it's, like, I truly don't think that there's many bad players in the league. You know, I think that players, like, everybody can grow, you know? Um... I think that a lot of it really is just like the people you're around and I I don't know like I don't know how to describe it other than like I just think that team owners just consistently make bad decisions because they want to win right now and it's just I mean it's a little bit disgusting but you know it's it is what it is. Yeah. This is why that we need you to say this on the podcast, Pal Fox. We, we can get some heat, you know, post LCS. Just go so, on there after a 2-0 NRG week, put some team owners on blast, you know? To be clear, it's not just the the team owners. I think I think it also extends that to the fans and how quickly they are willing to write off a player yeah. who is having a bad split on a bad team. Like the mortals thing we've talked about it before, like teams that go players that go there historically have underperformed dramatically their, their peak performance. They will go there and play worse than they had before. And then they will leave that team and suddenly play better. And, um, and fans then just say, Oh, this player's bad. Don't fucking sign them. And then like the teams like usually agree with that sentiment. Um, and I, by the way, I think it's not just the teams, it's also the players on the teams, right? Like I've heard a lot 
that players will be like, oh, I don't want to play with that guy. He sucks. Because, like, look how bad he was last split. And it's like, yeah, but, like, what was the environment that he was in? Um, yeah. So, I, I it's like, across the board, I think, across the board, I think that the league, the fans, the teams, and the players in the league do not do a good enough job of considering, like, of thinking long-term, which is very ironic given the whole premise of franchising was finally we can think long-term. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's like if we're just going to... Look, I don't think that we need to bring back promotion relegation necessarily, but or at least not in the way that it was previous. But it is hard whenever I'm like, okay, you guys are just acting as if it still exists, you know? Um, t- most teams do not want to take the long the long uh, go at it. And, like, the sad thing is I actually think EG and GG were two teams that historically had been down to take a longer mm-hmm. timeline on stuff yeah. and to think about it. And they found success doing that. And uh, then they found a lack of success by exiting the league. <laughs> I mean, the thing with EG that was, like, crazy to me is I, I don't know what offers, like, Peter Dunn as an example got, but the fact that, like, we lost a coach that took rookies and actually made like a cohesive team together, like to find like win finals, right? Um, and then he, EG kind of implodes, and then he goes back to Europe. There's no other NA team that's like willing to, like, pay money for him over paying for like a better player is like crazy to me. I mean, um, a narrow is a similar situation, right? Where like it's a bummer that he hasn't found an LCS team. I think he's doing stuff with DSG right now. Um, but he's also somebody who has like a really great track record and, um, and is currently a, not an LCS person. So I don't know. Anyway, again, we're excited about the beginning of LCS. I promise I'm not the (laughs) only thing that's like pushing, you know, if, if, if Mark, if you watch this video, which I know you probably won't, or if you're watching the stream, it's bummer town. After the you know the day after the opening weekend of LCS, mostly because the fucking company laid off eleven percent of its people, and there's some other sad stuff. So uh, that's that, yeah. that's all Mark's fault, by the way. We we blame he's the figurehead. True. We're supposed to blame the commissioner for this. True, you true, know? true. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, caller, for your take. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Yeah. Um. Well, a couple things. Let me. I just wanted to add one thing to what everyone said. I didn't didn't want to jump in there. Um. Not a Travis bot. I actually do believe in this. I mean, especially from like the previous caller in terms of like money, cost, LCS just cut a bunch of people, things like that obviously are like we need to be more efficient. Um, but then just like what Powell Fox said, there are coaches that are gone that would be really helpful to cultivate a lot of players. Like watching TL and um, Shopify Rebellion have like two coaches to one type of thing. Like that was kind of awkward like type of thing like you know you could afford coaches if you're just more efficient on some other things but i do agree that like imports are great but not it's not always helpful for yeah the you know how much money we have right now but anyway shout out to alienware always an awesome um sponsor and everything shout out to travis and covey been a long time caller or long time listener first time caller appreciate y'all and shout out to pal fox can't wait for you to um win another championship this year Thank you, thank you. Thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. So I saw some criticism of people saying we didn't talk enough about games from week one. Cubby, were there many takes about week one games? 
there were not a lot of takes about week one. So games, like, but... this is what I'm talking about, folks. Like, <laughs> you all set the tone for the show. If you want us to talk about week one games, call in with a take. Like, I, I think Cubby would have wanted to pull that. Um, oh, I, I was reviewing. I was getting ready. I was taking my notes. You know. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we were ready to go. So, um, yeah. If you guys want that, be the change you want to be. Be the change you want to see on Hotline League. And if you want the top of the show to talk about something, talk about it. Also, I had some guy in the comments last week be like, fuck you, you always say that we should call in and then you never give us any information. It's I say this very often. The show's available on my Twitch channel, which I often promote on Twitter. It's on my link tree. There's a schedule on the Twitch page that says when the show is supposed to happen. Obviously, it moves around every now and then. Uh, but once more, Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific. That is when this happens. You can join the Discord, discord.gg slash Travis. Uh, if you do that, you'll also see updates about when the show is taking place. You'll see the topics. You can go look in the topics chat and be like, oh, Cubby ignored this amazing take about the weekend. And then you can tweet at him and... He'll be like, dude, I'm busy working another job right now. I can't deal with this. Also, I will say, like, if you actually, like, want to talk about week one, maybe don't make your take that C9, like, isn't a super team after they, like, 2-0'd and, like, beat NRG, one of the stronger teams in the league. Like, right, it's probably right, just right. a bad take, and I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, wait for an 0-2 week, you know? I mean, you, you could yeah. sometimes pull those. Just Mark would pull those sometimes just so that we could beat just them down. Mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm honestly, you know, I, I'm not one to punch down, but you know, maybe. No, maybe so, sometimes you down, just have to like. Know? I do like that hot <laughs> Palafox. What the? Sorry. Fuck? I do like that. Sorry, podcast <laughs> listeners, you missed something very interesting. I do like <laughs> that. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I I don't All right. I'll pull I'll pull a couple stinkers next time, yeah. so we, we get to have some fun. I think I think that's what. Oh we're yeah, at. yeah. The Hotline League is supposed to represent the full breadth of humanity for League of Legends LCS fans, and sometimes you have to call you have to pull the crazies just so that we have representation of of them here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the show. Cubby, you want to do shout outs? What do you want to plug? Yeah, um, I actually worked on a really cool piece this last week. Um, it was, it ran on the LCS and it was kind of like to promote challengers league. And part of that story was actually Palafox. Uh, I don't know if you remember this Palafox, but after you won Academy in 2020 for the second time, uh, you said that your goal was to be the best NA mid at worlds. And I just wanted to say congratulations. Cause I think you did that this last <laughs> year. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you like realize that or not, but I think that that's pretty awesome that you guys pulled that off. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So yeah, best of luck now with doing it again. It might be harder to do it twice, but you know, uh, good luck, man. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for you guys this split, and I thought that it was a one-one, but you guys had a decent showing. Uh, I think that the dig game, you guys kind of, that's the game I kind of expect you guys to play, where contracts and Huey get to play fast. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you guys like were able to support that, and good luck for the rest of the the season. It was really nice talking with you. Quick, quick yeah, question: Was Champions Cube broken again tonight? I don't need to uh, there were some games that played, but no games are currently active. Because I I asked, or because uh, earlier tonight, Kobe told me I was going to hear him streaming through the wall, and uh, I didn't hear him at all. So I guess oh, I just realized Twitch is playing. Sorry, um, I didn't hear him at all. So I I was like, did Champions Cube break again? 
Yeah, only two lobbies pop tonight. Uh, is yeah. that just because there weren't enough people? Yeah, uh, but it is on 14.2. So if the pros want to take advantage of playing on the patch that they will be playing on earlier in the week, I think that it's intelligent for them to queue up. Yes, Fox, wait, I know you true. had an excuse, but why do you think people didn't queue up? Me? Yeah, I'm saying you had oh, an excuse. Oh. Why do you think other people didn't queue up? You're working. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's that, at least for our team, we didn't really have an off day for like two or three weeks. So I think it's just nice to have one finally. Um, but like tomorrow I'm going to be queuing up. I hope other pros are queuing up. I really want to get some games on the new patch. I don't really care about solo queue. Like, I don't want to hit higher ranks if it's not actually good practice. Um, so, yeah, I hope they, I hope they all queue up tomorrow. Right? I think, and, I think Champs queue is yeah, Monday, tomorrow, Tuesdays. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What do you want to shout out, Palafox? Um, you know, shout out to you guys for asking me to come on the show. Shout out to Alienware for uh, supporting you guys. Um, and you know, shout out to the fans and everybody supporting us. I think it's just. Last year was a great year, um, and hopefully this year's even better. So, okay. yeah. shout out to you for being a great guest. Really appreciate. it. I love you, Pal Fox. Oh God! <laughs> I was about to say, Cubby. Thanks. And there was for a fan a... just busted in my room. Who I was, was that? About to say, Cubby, thanks that? for being a great co-host, and then you let some person just shove just their way some, into your microphone, random. into your yeah. studio. Oh, that would and... never happen at a Hot Wine League live show. Yeah. Thank you. Um, anyway, shout out to Pal Fox for being a great guest. Thank you to Cubby for being a great co-host. And also, uh, shout out to all the Riot folks who got hit today. I know we talked about it earlier and, and a couple times throughout the show, but like truly some really cool people are and very talented people are now looking for work. And uh, I am happy that Riot is giving them six months of severance because uh, that's like a really generous severance package compared to a lot of the stuff that's been out there, but it still feels, I mean, I, I experienced this at Yahoo. Like when you show up and you're just told you don't have a job and you don't get to work with the people that you like working with, you don't get to work on the thing that you're really excited about. S suddenly your email is like deactivated and shit. It's just, it's just like really uh, upsetting. It sucks eggs. So yeah. uh, I, Heart goes out to them. So, anyway, thanks uh, for everyone. That's been Hotline League. Hopefully, in a more positive episode next week after we're done with uh, week two of the LCS. We'll see you Monday.